Whoa, you threw in some new shit. Powerful. Yo, there we go. Powerful world traveler, Tom Rhodes. You're the fucking man, dude. You're you are, in my opinion. If you want to like talk about like the, you, you know, if you had like a romantic, poetic version of the life of the stand-up comedian, you'd be like an intelligent world traveler who li really, literally lives out of a suitcase, man. Is just happy, going from city to city, just making people laugh. But but smart and well-read. You know, you're like uh, you're a very poetic, dude. You're like the re like no one could criticize your road game. There's no nothing they can say. Like no, like oh man, I did 300 dates that year. Well, it's funny. Tom Rhodes did 365. Okay, and they were all in another country. <laughs> you fucking out there, dude. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm living the life I dreamed of, man. And I just <laughs> I just fell in love with a new country. I was in. Well, I, and I I should start out saying, Death Squad, Joe Rogan listeners, man. I was in London in January. Loads of people came to my show in Australia, New Zealand. I always meet cool people. Uh, you know, who heard me on, on your show. And uh, I was just in New Zealand for a month. And I had the greatest trip of my life. I, I did the the Auckland, the, the New Zealand Comedy Festival in Auckland for two weeks. And then I did this, like, Best of the Fest tour that went all over uh, the country. And I'd never wow. been in New Zealand before. What's it like? It's epic. It's... it's uh, Hobbit-like. I, I, went, I went to... Hobbiton. <laughs> it's there. There's a town there called Hamilton, and everybody, all the comedians made fun of Hamilton. Hamilton was is like the shithole. Right. It's the Cleveland or whatever. <laughs> I actually loved it. I had some of the best meals, uh, uh, the food in all the restaurants in New Zealand. Were, it's really expensive, but very good. Um, I had great meals. There's a street in Hamilton called Victoria Street, and there's uh, is a little tiny park, and there's a statue to riffraff remember rocky horror picture show let's do the yes. time warp again right that guy richard o'brien that played riffraff he wrote that song and so there's a statue of him like this gay dude with pumps and like a <laughs> space suit and a space gun in his hand and it's very appropriate that all the people who do drugs it's like this drug park and the people are slipping in it real street urchin drug addicts slipping in and out of the place but i thought it was brilliant that they had this statue there wow. <laughs> at the entrance of the park where people do drugs so uh the the tour manager i told her they were cuz you know new zealand is the the land of extreme sports i wouldn't jump off this fucking chair <laughs> and i said the only thing i want to do while i'm in new zealand is is go to the hobbit house so she contacted the dude that ran the place and uh, got him tickets because all those tour, all those festival shows were sold out. And this, we got a private tour of of Hobbiton. It's still wow. there. What does it look like? Does it look? It's up on the hill. It's one. It's just perfect. There was a uh, when Peter Jackson was looking around New Zealand, he there had to be to find this big tree. Uh, it's the party tree of, of Hobbiton. And so it's this perfect spot that the guy found. So it was a real tree that was there. Another it's still there. It's this massive, beautiful tree, and there's these hills all around it, and they built the little Hobbit houses into the side of the the thing. And it Do people guard them? Like, how do they keep people? No, they, you know, they do tours. It's like 70 bucks. Right. You go on a tour. But we got a private tour from the dude that runs the place. Oh, wow. And so normally you, on the tour, you can't, like, go up to the doors and stuff. you got to stay behind the little tiny fences. But this dude let us. We stick our heads out of the doors <laughs> and taking pictures. And it was raining. There wasn't very many people there. But 
Um, it that was has to be a trip. It was incredible. And then there's a, a little tavern at the. What do the insides of those things look like? Nothing, because they had the sets built in Wellington, right. so right. they just would film people going in and in and out. Right. That was a stupid. But question. there's the fence that the, the, <laughs> that uh, Bill Bell. Uh, Baggins jumps over the fence at the beginning. I'm going oh, on a great uh, adventure. And wow. the dude let me jump over it. <laughs> oh, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Great. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I've never been in New Zealand, but it looks insane. It looks so beautiful. It looks like incredible. Like the mountains. The, uh, the North Island, uh, which they say is the the, the lesser spectacular, uh, I thought looked like California. Like wow. Northern California. And then the South Island is like, that's where all the majestic... Lord of the Rings shots are, and that's really stunning down there. Wow, wow! And that, why do you say that they're like the kings of of uh, extreme sports? Like, what well, they, they invented do? bungee jumping, did and they really? every, yeah, that was invented in New Zealand, and uh, all these like crazy. <sighs> they're 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 all into this crazy, you know, anything extreme. Why? Why is that? You think they're just warrior people? So it is, yeah, like I think yeah, islanders. I think it probably goes back to the Maoris and their manliness, and that's the yeah. the cool thing of of New Zealand too. They got that that manly yeah. Maori thing. I saw a dude, very tall, handsome Maori guy, about twenty five, walking down the street in Auckland, and he had that tattoo on his face. Oh, and it was a a couple of Maori. Um, comedians and people that worked at the the club where i was playing in auckland and they i was, I, I was asking out, them about it i should point out that you're covering your mouth like a like a gas mask yeah like that's, that's what it was like it was like uh, yeah like an ink gas mask like yeah. over the exactly precisely wow and i i asked about it and they were like oh yeah that dude's very important in his tribe he's like a you know but he was oh like a young youngish dude he's very important so he tattoos his mouth I, you Whoa. know, but that's, it's just an ancient, ancient tradition. Ancient. Yeah. I saw women with facial tattoos, Ooh. Maori women, little tiny wow. things, which must be badges of honor somehow. Ooh, that's a, that's a crazy culture that they take it to the next level. They're like, we, how about we all tattoo our face? Right. Yeah. I, how about that? Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to find out if, you know, how they felt about the Mike Tyson copy in it. <laughs> like if he's like, they think he's a punk, you know, well, there's a bodybuilder that did it too. It has the Maori yeah, thing. He had the very Mike Tyson like gigantic dude. He's got it on his. You got to do the dance if you're if you're gonna get the facial tattoo. You know, like the the, the haka. Yeah, yeah. isn't that cool? They, yeah. they they dance before their opponent and yeah. grunt at them. Yeah, my friend Stefan uh, turned me on to that. He sent it to me the first time he sent it to me. It was like a it's a uh, beginning of a rugby match and these uh, yeah New the Zealand the, guys. Uh, the All Blacks. Oh my God, it's. It's so intense. It's it's like the manliest shit that humans have ever done. Other than like fight with swords, it's like the manliest <laughs> shit you could do is that dance. Yeah. Have you seen it, Brian? Mm -mm. Pull it up. Pull it up. The haka dance. Yeah. Let me see if I could find like a, a good version of it. Because uh, there's a black and white. I think it's an Adidas ad for like Adidas rugby equipment. Yeah. It just says the Hakka War Dance Rugby. It's the first one. If you just H-A-K-A. And, you know, the Maoris, uh, you know, they were never, like, colonized. They, like, constantly fought the British when the British yeah. came. Like, uh, I read the history of Australia. There's a, a great book by Robert Hughes called uh, The Fatal Shore. And it's all about the epic founding of Australia. Here, these guys are doing it. Yeah. Was there a beginning... Yeah, we missed the we missed the dance. That yeah, would they just showed the a little. Dance. Oh no, they. Oh, there you go. Oh, the dance keeps going. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Did 
There's something terrifying about that kind of energy. Yeah. So imagine, you know, like uh, the aboriginals in, in Australia, what I was going to say from that book, they were very friendly when the, the British and the convicts came. And they're like, you know, rushed out to the boats and bringing them fruit and stuff. The Maoris did nothing but attack these motherfuckers. What? Imagine you're coming from England. And you get off, and these <laughs> these native people are doing this dance to you, and they like uh, we're bashing their heads with rocks and oh, just hiding Jesus. in caves and guerrilla warfare to the end. I mean, imagine you're like some white dorky dude from England, and what your up? ship arrives in New Zealand. These motherfuckers come out of the cave and do that grunt dance with at you. Tattooed faces. I would get back on the motherfucking oh. boat. Could you imagine if that's your fuck up? Because that's what it was back then. I mean, when they were exploring new countries, there was a lot of it was just like, you're going to pull into this harbor and let's yeah. see what's up. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. These people, they never seen a white guy before. You have never seen one of them before. Yeah, like Captain Cook, the guy, he did, was this great English explorer. I think, you know, he found uh, Australia and the, uh, the Cook Islands. Uh, yeah. They, they killed him in Hoi, <sighs> the natives there. Fuck yeah, they did. But he, you know, he had a good career leading up. <laughs> he did well. <laughs> he just, he you know, he was like, you know, it's hot luck. You never know what you're going to get on a certain island, you he know? fucked up. Some bring you fruit. Some want to bash your head with a fucking rock. And some will eat you and turn you into a shrunken head. <laughs> I finally figured out what the shrunken head was. I watched a, a, a show on shrunken heads, like the, the, the tradition of doing it. Only, only you would do that. You're lying around your house. Uh, well, I couldn't well, help I, it. What will I entertain myself it was, it was a, No, it was a total <laughs> channel flipper. How about shrunken it? <laughs> it was a total channel flipper. <laughs> that shit's creepy too. I landed on... Yeah, it's creepy as fuck, yeah. man. I, I, was, I was under the impression that the skull is in there. It's not. They take the skull out, and they're basically shrinking the skin mm. down to like this leatherish, smallish thing. And then they pull it and make it like a little purse out of it. It's gangster as fuck, dude. <laughs> I mean, the shrunken head move is one of the most gangster things ever. You know? Yeah. It's... I mean, they're not just going to take your head and cut it off. They're going to make a little ornament with it. A it's little be leather a coin ornament. Purse. Yeah, it's a little leather ornament. Wow. What the fuck, man? <laughs> you know? That's, that's people who just never bothered like, with anything like books. Fuck a book. Okay, we're here to make shrunken heads. <laughs> Well, that was it, like, you know, like, uh, you know, television and the internet, you think about it, because, like, back in the old days in England and the way they tortured people, you look at, like, oh, torture instruments, it was because they didn't have television. Yeah. Like, how are we going to entertain <laughs> ourselves? Well, that's funny because, you know, <laughs> Biden is imposing or uh, in, encouraging, endorsing, proposing a tax on the producers of violent movies. Wow. Violent movies, violent vi media, violent video games, and really? they're, consider they're considering imposing a tax a special tax on that. I think the opposite. I really believe this. And this is not an indictment on the human race. I think naturally we're just a little fucked up and chimpanzee-like. But I think that seeing things like violent movies and violent video games are probably like the most cathartic ways to avoid doing those things in real life. Like, there's something that gets satisfied without us having to actually go and kill someone in a war. That's one of the reasons why the most passive people in the world are fucking comic book nerds. I mean, who the hell wants to see damage and destruction more than a comic book nerd going to watch a Hulk movie? You go watch the Hulk and he's smashing and destroying shit or Wolverine stabbing dudes with their fucking claws. Yes! Meanwhile, those guys won't hurt a fly. Right, the, right, right. That's a really good point. The average dudes who are like really into like heavy-duty sci-fi and heavy-duty action, you know, action sci-fi films... Those kind of dudes, like, they don't, they're not harming people. It's, I think there's a cathartic release in being attached to extreme things without having to actually participate in them. 
That's a good point. I mean, and they should be concentrating on making society a better place and like certain, you know, uh, you know, uh, some of the inequality and, um, you know, uh, class. I I think once you're fucked up already, a violent something or another, any kind of violent media can influence you and can excite you. But the reality is you have to be that you have to be fucked up for it to work. And the idea of concentrating on that as a cause, it's not a cause. It's a cause is you got a mental health issue. Right. That's the thing. It should yeah. be, we, should be, we should be more concerned about people's mental health. That guy, yeah. Andres Brevik, the lunatic in Norway that shot the island, oh. you know, um, he desensitized himself for a year. He sat in his mom's basement. And I followed that. I was obsessed with that trial. And that dude is so fucking sinister. Um, but he... He thought about shooting people while he was doing it, and that he would desensitize himself, that it wouldn't, um, oh you know, his uh, he could work past that consciousness telling him not to do it. So, I mean, that guy was just a sick fuck. <sighs> yeah, and you that know? does Not happen. everybody that plays that, millions of people probably played that, uh, you know, World of Warcraft or whatever yeah. the fuck he was into. But, you know, yeah. only... Yeah, you can't blame that. It's It just doesn't work that way. It's like blaming cars for crashing into people and killing them. It's not... It's not the video games that's making people nuts. You got nuts that are reacting to video games. And the way to solve that is not take away the video games or tax the video games. The way to solve that is find out what the fuck is wrong with people that makes them do that. What is it? What is right. it that makes a person able to commit horrific acts against Right, strangers? look at the dude in Cleveland. He kept those girls. Yeah. You know, he's torturing them and he's raping them for like 10, ten years. 10 years. What, what media was he into? Yeah. What magazines was he reading? You know, what... You know, um, it, you know, boy's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, or I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think someone dehumanized him probably a long time ago. You know, someone raised him in some horrific environment. They created a monster. Right. Somehow or another through circumstance, nurture, nature, whatever. You got a monster. You I'm, a, I'm more scared of ex-military than I am of people that play too much hardcore video games. And you should be. <laughs> yeah, you should be. You should be scared of anybody who's taking life. You know, once, you, once you've taken someone's life and done it, you know, and to a point where it's sanctioned, yeah, it's, it's problematic. Not everybody has a discipline to handle something like that. You know, a lot of that's, uh, you know... It's admirable how many guys can be disciplined to come back from that and be okay. But for a lot of people, no. A lot of people, it's just that that PTSD, man, is just unbearable for a lot of those guys. They say that one of the best things for PTSD is MDMA, is uh, ecstasy. And they're having headway in um, in doing that in, in therapeutic, uh, with therapeutic uh, applications of MDMA. And they're helping people that have uh, all sorts of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder for people who don't like acronyms. That's not even an acronym, is it? Is it an acronym like NASA when you say it? That's an acronym, right? I don't know. What is it when it's just like CIA? You know, you're not calling it CHIA. I right. can't spell restaurant. Yeah. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, restaurant. I rely on my iPhone for that. <laughs> I get to R-E-S. Yeah, man. Remember when you used to have to fucking write out a paper and turn it into school? You have to. You should have to write it out and know how to spell each and every one of those words. Now I just get close. And it gives me a real lead squiggly line. I do a little right quick. I'm like, yep, that's what I was looking for. You know, I don't. Like... And that's all you need. Too. It's not like you you need to know that. Well, it's kind of funny how little you do know, though. It's kind of funny how little you know. Like my eyes are uh, going uh, when I look at things. Like as far as uh, like the reach of my hand, I'm fine. But when I get close, 
for whatever reason, like reading things close, it's just blurry as fuck now. And um, when I when I see things, like um, I have to like find like the place where it works. You, you know? need hipster glasses, dude. I don't know why you don't do it. I think glasses are cool. If I could wear glasses yeah, for a reason, glasses, I would man. wear glasses <laughs> yeah. every day. I don't remember what my point was. What were we talking about before I went into those glasses? Uh, video games, torture, people. Uh, 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 soldiers seeing, seeing combat and having ecstasy treatments. The shark that was found off the coast of Huntington Beach might be a world record. What? Breaker uh, shark. Did you see this? shark that was found? Yeah. Or check this out. It was caught off of... Oh, Jesus. It's 11-foot shark was caught Monday morning. Uh, outside of Huntington Beach in Cat- Catalina Island. Look wow. at the size of that fucking thing. Yeah. 1,323 pounds. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. Oh, god damn it. This guy's beard. It's fantastic. It is. That, that, that world, if that thing could fucking fly, okay? If sharks, instead of swimming around wow. in their 3D realms, <laughs> if they could fly, if they were on our world and they could just fly around and eat people the way they move through the ocean... God damn, would it be scary? The ocean is so much more fucked up. That's why nothing ever gets done. That shows that it's there's a benefit, like as far as progress, to having one intellectually superior species that gets to control the food chain, that gets to put a halt to all the bullshit, and then figure out things like roofs and the internet and cars. Because if you can't keep those things from eating you, you wind up with the ocean, where no one ever builds a fucking house. Your best ocean is like a fucking one of those crabs, those a hermit shell. crabs. Yeah. They just scoot to the next little shell and climb under it. But that shell only exists because somebody ate whoever was living in it. Somebody found it and ate it, and now you're going to hide in there. You're going f- to hide inside of his body cavity. That's the ocean. That's why there's, there's no one has phones in the ocean. There's nothing gets done in there. You just It's a constant move. It's 3D. You can't control things. The thing that made us able to rise above all the other animals, we were the control and lock down areas and put up fences. We can keep things out. Can't keep anything out in the ocean, bitch. The ocean is just the ocean. It's just a wild grab bag, and there's no way to solve that. So all the dolphins in the world, you know, as smart as they are, they're supposed to be as smart as us. They never figured out a fucking house. They never figured out how to build some shelter where they could just like get. I'm tired of getting eaten by sharks. How you guys want to do this? Let's make a house or something like something where the shark can't get through. <laughs> Barbed wire. <laughs> they can't do it. There's not enough time. Keep moving. <laughs> Keep moving. Get more fish. Go go go. Those Japanese boats fucking run. You should turn that into a bit. That's brilliant, man. Thanks. That's uh, yeah. Try and make make true. a note of that one. That's, okay. That's brilliant. Okay. That's a great bit. All right. What did I say again? <laughs> <laughs> what if in the future we had to live underneath the ocean because, we, you know, the, the air pollution or, or the weather or something like that forces us to have to build houses? You think we would do that before outer space? I if, think if, so because it's closer. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you could be like – you could say, hey, we need to build this house underground here instead of having to go up space. Oh, you forgot the wrench. Right. You have to come back. You know. Wow. We'd get lonely. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty badass, though, if like we all like our walls were just like looking inside the underneath. Think the ocean. of how much shit eats things with its face in the ocean. Just think of how crazy the ocean is. It's just one big motherfucker trying to eat a smaller motherfucker yeah. while an even bigger motherfucker tries to eat him. Like, that's one of the coolest things about catching a fish and having it get attacked by a shark while you're reeling it in. Have you ever had that happen? Uh, uh, no, reeling it in while yeah. a shark is biting yeah. it? No, yeah. God. Me neither. 
but it looks awesome. <laughs> That's something I'd like to experience, but I've seen guys do that in, like, deep-sea fishing. Like, they catch a big tuna or something like that, and as they're bringing in, a fucking shark attacks it and tears it in half. Have you ever seen, like, the pictures and the images online? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's fucking fascinating. Because that's what the, that's the ocean. It's just a, just a fucking crazy gangster fight with your face all day. <laughs> the biggest shit trying to eat the biggest shit. I mean, a tuna is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Just running around jacking smaller fish. But not small. No. Shark comes along. Boom. Jacks the tuna. It's just a yeah. wild race. We pull the sharks out. We're at the top of the food chain. I love uh, when I lived in Holland. the The symbol of the lottery in Holland is a big fish eating a little fish. Oh my god! Yeah, that's that's true. It's life. You got money. That You're is a big fish for a little while till you fucking till the fucking shark ass, comes along. <laughs> your crazy ass loses it. I bet if you win the lottery, I bet you're just immediately assaulted by con people. Con, yeah, I bet okay. con artists just look for someone who won the lottery and like this motherfucker thinks money yeah. comes easy. I just talk them into investment. I got a, invest, a wonderful investment opportunity. Right. I right don't go on television. Don't don't hold. Don't don't take pictures of you holding the big check. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful opportunity. <laughs> You're there holding this money that you think you deserve. The whole idea of the lottery is fucking ridiculous. Well, they said the money was originally supposed to go to education in this country, yeah. and then all, yeah, none of it. You know what they realized? The more educated people are, the less likely they're going to play the fucking lottery. They'd be cutting their own right. feet Right, but out that's how they them. sold the United States, that, the lottery thing. Remember that? Is that what At, it was? And, yeah, and as it went state by state and gambling where it's allowed, they always sell it to the public saying that the biggest portion of this money will go to education. And the, the schools and everything, we've been broke for the last... 10, 20 years. And, you know, where's that, where's that promise? It's a, it's Nobody a, remembers. Yeah, the, well, it should, certainly should go to something good because you're just stealing money from crazy people. That's what you're doing. You're giving people the chance to throw money away in the very unlikely possibility they might win some. And well, it's like I, I grew up in Orlando, and there's the East-West Expressway, and it was a toll road. And they said when they built it in the early 80s that once it was paid for, they'd take the tolls down. But it, they never did. It, they just now they raise the prices, and it's <laughs> it's like that uh, lottery casino thing. It's like you can sell it to the people, and then they'll fucking forget ten years from now. Once you establish that money's coming in, it's very difficult to stop that. No one ever like Had builds a bridge. You know, <laughs> okay. I want to make things free now. <laughs> Nobody ever has enough, especially when it's like nine bucks a pop. Like you go over the GW. I think in New York now it's like I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. It's I think it's like nine dollars or at least it might even mm -hmm. be more. But every time you're going there, you're getting a hit. When I was living there, I think it was like seven fifty or something like that. And I was like, this is insane. Like, every person that comes over this bridge has to pay $7 just to get into the city. That's like some gangster shit, you know? Because I lived in Boston, and in Boston, you could take, like, toll roads, but you could also get to it. Like, there's ways to get where you didn't have to pay anything. You didn't, if you didn't go on the mass turnpike, like, you, there's ways you can go where you didn't have a toll. But there's no way of getting into New York City unless you're paying somebody. Yeah. If you want to take those bridges from Staten Island, you got to pay me, bitch. You're coming in from Jersey, pay me. you got to pay to get in here, dog. It's like an amusement park It doesn't ride. cost anything to leave. It doesn't cost I've lived in New York leave. twice and de uh, deleted all of my funds. <laughs> and uh, both times when I moved out of New York, I, as I crossed that free bridge, I thought, it doesn't cost anything to leave. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> Is it, is it to regulate how many people come in? Is it to mitigate traffic and to make it, uh, like, problematic because it costs so much money? Maybe a carpool? Is that the idea? Can I tell you a little story? Sure. Uh, tell me a big it, one. Uh, it, it is a big story, actually. And I was reminded about you're talking about the George Washington Bridge. 
And when I was 20 years old, I lived in Washington Heights for a year. Worst year of my life. Why? Just the worst year of my life. I, I wasn't ready as a comedian. Uh, how old were you? 20. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd only been doing it like three years. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't You've ha- been doing it three years by the time you were 20? I was 20. I started at 17, baby. Wow. Where'd you start? Orlando. Powerful Orlando. Produced a couple of good things. And uh, uh, anyway, so I, I always swore uh, if I ever had any money, I would live in New York with style. So when my sitcom was finished, uh, 98, 99, I moved to New York City and I got a rock star apartment in the, in the Wall Street area. Oh, you did not. You Considered crazy. one of the first skyscrapers ever built. Uh, 20 stories <laughs> tall. It's at the entrance of uh, where Wall Street, the entrance of Wall Street. It's Trinity Church is right there. Right. Only on the 18th floor were there uh, marble balconies. I had three marble balconies. I was on this corner unit, just pimp spot. Oh, my goodness. Three blocks from the World Trade Center. Oh, my goodness. 16-foot-tall ceilings. I could lie in my bed, look up at the World Trade Center. Must have been insane. It was was fantastic. But it was a time in my life, you know, the sitcom had ended. I, I, I felt I was angry. I, I, I was angry, and I was I was I was searching for for meaning and and uh, what was important in life. And well, what was making you angry? I just you know that I had the sitcom and it didn't work out, and then I just you know I wanted to just go focus on being a comedian wow. and live in New York. So the Dalai Lama was going to give a speech for free in Central Park on happiness. For six months, I had the flyer on my refrigerator. Nothing in the world was going to make me miss the Dalai Lama's speech on happiness. So the night before, I'm headlining at Caroline's on Broadway, and there were these two Puerto Rican lesbian strippers. And they loved me. And they stuck around after the show, and they wanted to talk to me, and we're we're talking. And then they they invited me out with them. And you know what? Uh, There was the queen bee... And the other girl. The other girl was off limits because she had a boyfriend. I didn't give a fuck about the other girl. It was all about the queen bee. And the other girl was in love with the queen bee because she was making all the all the decisions and making everything happen. Wow. So <laughs> she, uh, the queen bee had a car. We're driving down to the village somewhere. Uh, they said they had ecstasy. Do I want to do ecstasy? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and we go to some lounge. And we're drinking Pinot Grigio on ice. And I had never had Pinot Grigio in my, in my and I, to this day, I love Pinot Grigio because it reminds me of this evening. Uh, it's a perfect, uh, you know, like red wine is an you know, autumn, winter thing, uh, but, but a, a, a dry white wine like uh, Pinot Grigio is great in summer. So we're, and, you know, we're drinking and we're having a great time. And, uh, you know, after about an hour, you know, this ecstasy starts thumping. And this girl, the queen bee, wanted to go to some dance club. We go to some dance club in Soho. It's packed. I didn't want to be at a packed dance club. I want to be with these girls. She knew the DJ. We get up these steps. We're in this private area behind the DJ. No one can see us. The DJ's like 10, 15 feet in front of us, just like jamming. And the place is packed downstairs, but you can't see them. And we got this horseshoe leather couch, and we're just rocking. And she's got more bottles of Pinot Grigio on ice, and we're just fucking dancing and grinding on each other. And we go back to my apartment at about 5 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And, you know, we dance on my furniture and we're playing music and stuff. And we got in my bed, and honestly, there was no sex. Uh, 
we had our bottoms underwear on and it was so tender and just caressing <laughs> and kissing and tasting of flesh and and touching of private areas and the at one point the queen bee got up on her knees and she starts French kissing this other girl and she's rubbing her mound while she's just kissing her and I got behind this uh, behind the queen bee and I just start kissing this big beautiful brown bulbous ass and I I got my hands up on the top curvature of it and I pulled her panties aside and stuck my nose in her honey pot and I'm just tasting these delicious flesh rose petals and um, I overslept and I missed the Dalai Lama speech. <laughs> that sounds better. No, you win. You win. You. Why would you? Why would you even think that that would be a bad thing? The Dalai Lama. It's a joke. Joe. With the Dalai but Lama. It's a true story. But it, but it's 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 not a joke. It's actually it's a, a true story. It's a story. The Dalai Lama represents a, an interesting point of view, and that's it. You know, the idea that this guy's right. You don't need guy. this guy for to find out what happiness is. There's there's, there's the it's it, the idea of a one. A one figurehead like that is kind of preposterous to the idea of enlightenment. The idea, especially if you're dealing with a guy who dresses like a wizard and doesn't fuck. He doesn't get yeah. to have sex. He's never had sex. I mean, he could if he wanted to, but he thinks it, it complicates things. I feel bad for the Dalai Lama because Richard Gere always wants to hang out with him. <laughs> exactly. You, know? I can, you, can see, you can see the Dalai Lama like uh, pulling Richard Gere aside one day going, uh, hey, uh, Richard. Have you ever considered Scientology? <laughs> Can you imagine the conversations that Dalai Lama must have with like Sharon Stone where he's like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I can't believe they chose her either. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, look, yes, uh, you, I don't watch a lot of movies, but you were amazing in Basic Instinct. I thought you were amazing. And the, you, they didn't think you could pull it off in the second one? You pulled it off in the second one. Did you see this Basic Instinct 2? It's a horror movie. It changed from <laughs> it changed from an erotic film when Sharon Stone was young to uh, like like a panic moment. You actually yeah. saw it? If, yeah, fuck yeah, I did, son. Mm. I'm a diligent worker when it comes to watching stupid shit that I might be able to make fun of. She's in it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she was like 50. I'm, and I'm not joking. Does she show anything? Like yeah, a she nipple? did the whole leg thing. Again? But there's a feeling that you get when a 50 year old woman who's trying like really hard to be sexy. Like I don't know if she was directed in that way. But when you're 50, you realize by the time you're 50, you realize it's mostly all bullshit. Okay, what are we doing here? You know, if we're gonna fuck, we're gonna fuck. But all this like sultry shit that you might get away with when you're 20, it's because you you're you're a, a spell when you're 20. When a woman is in her young 20s. She the, – the reason why they have this idea of themselves that's so inflated, like really beautiful girls, is because they're like magic. Like you're around them and you're like – your mood changes, you draw towards them, you soften your personality to, or, or pick it up or whatever you need to get me to like you a little bit more. It's like a drug. It's like a fascinating erotic draw. But then when they get 50 and they're still doing the same thing, then it's like, oh, shit, what's wrong with her? Oh, fuck. So when you see her cross her legs, there's like a real moment of panic where I would think about me in my younger days. If I was in that scenario, I would I would say, OK, I got to get the fuck out of here. It was that moment. Hmm. When a 50 year old lady shows you her gapper and then closes the legs oh. over and you're like, nope, I got to go <laughs> right now. I am going. That is not the way like a healthy, sexually, you know, confident 50 year old woman would would fuck you. 
I can't believe they just had her do it again. That's so lame. That's like Hangover 2 lame. It's so unnecessary. It was uh, so unnecessary. You know, I mean, what's oh, Hollywood recycling about? unnecessary ideas? Well, <laughs> well, I think it's like someone who's never done stand up trying to craft a joke going, this is going to work. You know, you don't really have a chance to vet it. You just have to put it out there as a movie and hope that people get it. And the first basic insta- instinct was really fucking, you know, it was well received. It wasn't the best movie in the world, but it was kind of fun. I, it's, you know, it took your your interest and she's sexy as fuck, man. Old Sharon Stone is sexy as fuck. That woman is like structurally perfect, beautiful, beautiful woman, and a powerful actress. But when you're fifty, keep, keep your gapper shut. What else did she do? What, she didn't. She didn't <laughs> uh, done anything lately. I don't know. She, she did sliver. Well, she did sliver? that sliver. Sliver. Yeah. That was quite a while ago, I think. She did that one thing where uh, they were interviewing her about uh, the earthquake in China. And she said that she believed, you know, she said, well, maybe it's karma for what they do to Tibet. Because I'm friends with the, the Dalai Lama's wow. my friend. And it's just wow. like, she had to apologize for it. I think it cost her like one of her perfume things or something. But that's just such a crazy way of thinking. That a bunch of random strangers that didn't have Huge market too, man. Well, that's th- a huge market. You go over there, and it's funny, you go to Europe, you go to China. And you see like huge actors that are doing commercials, yes. which they would never do in the States. Japan, right? It's a big, big Japan, Japan also, but China and uh, what? De Niro's like on some coffee thing in Italy. <laughs> Robert De Niro. He's the like symbol of this, the uh, some, uh, some little espresso uh, That's hilarious. Thing. Wow. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just... It's yeah, just, like Leonardo DiCaprio does commercials in like Japan and... I think I don't believe that you should take anybody's gag away if they fuck up and say something stupid because I think people can be ultimately <laughs> say back the truck up and grab the money, baby. They might boop, not, boop, you know, boop, just boop. because they said something stupid. I mean, she said a stupid thing. She probably didn't mean it. She probably didn't realize. She how has her ridiculous. head so far up in her ass. Yeah. Yeah, and she like, would want her little buddy, the Dalai Lama, to be impressed that she exactly. stood up to mean China. China's awesome. It's China's such a stupid great. thing to China's say. China's a really cool place, man. Well, I'm sure China is awesome. I haven't been, but these are just people. These are people that died in an earthquake. It's not right. karma because Right, right, but it's massive, too. It's like saying, you know, I mean, like the United States is a massive place. Right. Like, you know, something happens somewhere. It's just, you know, uh, we're a big landmass. So yeah. It's China. Well, it's and again, it's the people who died didn't have anything to do with anything that happened to Tibet. So how the fuck is it karma? It's, are you saying is that in in your vision that the emperor is the overlord and you know he really does have all the people under his spell and mm. they're they're responsible for his actions as well? Because these are just regular folks. I was just in New Zealand and the Dalai Lama is coming there. He's I think he's there right now. Does he's, he always wear that robe? He's doing a little tour. Yeah, he does. He's doing a little tour, but he wears um, uh, red lace lingerie underneath it. Um, he's Cockless. He's doing like Auckland, Christchurch, and Dunedin, and it's the happiness thing. Mm. So, I mean, that was when I, that was like 99 when my story happened. So that guy's still doing the same act. <laughs> he's he's well, still pushing that happiness show. It didn't show. work. Nobody's happy. He's saying the way to be happy is to dress like a wizard and don't fuck. And I'm not buying it. <laughs> he ain't buying it. I'm not buying it. He doesn't even get head, I guess. It just seems like you're wasting your Unless time. Unless I get a lightsaber. I'm not yeah. wearing the rope. It seems like you would want someone to make love to, whether it's a man or a woman. Right. You would want someone. It gets cold yeah, right? It's, but it's also fun. It's a part of life. It's a part of life is expressing affection through your body. It feels good. You know, it's recreational as well. You know, it's good exercise. People, it's great. And people say, well, 
you know, recreational sex isn't healthy. We can have recreational sex. You can. You can. It can be done. People have done it forever. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Just because you can't handle it. People have. It's not... It's just touching bodies together. That's all it is. Does it get better when you get older, though? Like, do the girls finally go, oh, yeah, we could just have casual sex. You know, I'm 30. No, I think that's like an American thing. Women in different countries have different attitudes. Yeah, completely different attitudes. And it's shocking. It's shocking. You go to, you know, you in European countries, they're so, like, like much more like men. Like and men. Not, they yeah, fuck not, like men. Like, they want to do it all the time, too. It's like a lot of American women, it's like, oh, I'm going to break him off a piece every once in a while. <laughs> right. like, like, they're dog treats or something. Okay, here's, okay, you, you did good. I have a You know, you, you washed the cars and took out the trash and cut the grass. All right, here's, here's your little dog treat. Man, I'm Euro trash. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, so weak. <laughs> I just think that it's probably because the people that came over here, like the very first wave. Puritans. There, yeah. And I think that, that that initial run, that initial thing that started off this country, somehow or another, a fiber of it still fucking sticks. And there's a lot of slut shaming and there's a lot of like weak, angry people that are like pointing fingers and shaming someone for enjoying something that they enjoy as well. You know, like slut shaming. That's the that is all douchebags. Any guy that like you like rails on a girl because I've she never wants heard to have that sex. term slut shaming. Yeah, man, that's, that's what great. it is. It's like a guy's a stud if he goes out. Hey, we went out to Cancun. We had sex with two different girls, different girls every day. It was crazy. Wow, Mike, that's the nuttiest weekend ever. But if a girl tells you she fucked two different guys for a week, you'd be like, hey, fucking whore, you're probably gonna get AIDS. You're gonna give it to my brother. I'll fucking kill you, bitch. Wow. You, know? you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. People should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do. But for some women, they know that that backlash, and not just from, from men, but that backlash from women, too. Because if women are out there giving it up, you know, like this fucking whore, she'll just fuck anybody. She's never going to get fucking married because she just fucks everybody. Those kind of women mad. make the world go round. They do. You need them all, right? They keep a lot of guys happy. Well, you know, also you need. You and need I think there would really be a lot. There's a lot less uh, savage killers and and uh, fucking lunatics in this country if you know uh, women were fucking more you know, loser dudes. You know, it would help a lot. Or just a, just a little more, you know, legalized prostitution. In general. Legalized prostitution would help a lot. I think legalized prost. If you managed legalized prostitution, I think it would probably lower the crime rate. I right. really do. I mean, it's, it's theoretical. Don't go like fucking citing me as a study. But, but Holland does it, and the the, yeah. the women have to be tested every like six months, and it's uh, they pay taxes as well. It's you know. Did you see those two women that were retiring <laughs> that had fucked for like fifty years? No, when was that? <sighs> did you see that? No. Oh my god! Pull, pull up. Oh yeah, no. yeah. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I, told I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to. I don't want to shame them. So let's not show their their images. But anyway, the it point was a is, news item. It was so depressing. They just fucked anybody who came through the door for like fifty years. Wow. <laughs> the Amsterdam girls. They're, they're yeah. twin sisters. Yeah. They just retired. They just sat in the window for like the last fifty years. They're oh. the oldest uh, prostitutes in Amsterdam. Wowza, no wowza, wowza. Yeah, it's a different. You we, fucked, um, I think we have to uh, recognize that we have a version of th- how how society is, but the the rest of the world, which is also exactly like us, as far as like technology, civilization, laws, money, exactly. I mean, basically, you're, you're in Europe; their systems are different. You know, the the languages are different, but everything is modern. You know, if you're in if you're in um, Montreal, Canada, or if you're in Berlin, everything is super modern. Right. You know? There's always it's everything is like we live in a time where the like 
there's never been like more equality as far as like uh, access to information. Right. We all we all have the same tools. I mean, if yeah. you have if you can afford some certain basic things, you know, computer. And... Yeah. As far as like in information, but as far as money, it's probably like the widest gap ever. Isn't that weird? It's like as far as money, like there's like a, a small core group, like the you know what they call the one percenters, who have most of the money, and then everybody else. That's kind of fascinating. You would think that maybe eventually that trend will even out. You know, I don't know. Because it seems like the only way, if you looked at it, and this is obviously not not looking at the system logically or even educated <clears throat> with an educated opinion of this financial system, but if you looked at it logically. And you, you step back and you saw, well, okay, this 1% has all this money, but how much access to information is there? Oh, it's not totally transparent yet. Hmm. Well, when it becomes transparent, these 99% are going to realize how these 1% got so much fucking money. And they're going to go, wow, you can't do that. And then everyone's going to agree, yeah, they can't do that, right? No, they can't do that. Jesus fucking Christ. Who let them do that? That's when there's 100% accountability, when you're going to be able to be you're absolutely sure what someone has and hasn't done. That's coming. You think so? I don't, huh? I don't think there'll ever be the transparency where you see the I think that's workings of the 1%. I think it's going to – I think I think they've got – they've mastered the game. They've got you know, the houses in Switzerland or wherever the fuck they live. And, but I think know. technology is the, the, the biggest fear to that. The biggest you arrive on the that. building on a helicopter pad. You don't have to – you know, even be in an elevator with the underclasses. But what I'm saying is I don't think they're going to be able to maintain it anymore. Because, like, where is your money? Where is it? Is there, is there a box you can go to? No, it's all ones and zeros on computers now. Your money is essentially just a confidence game. It's like, what do you have? to you have The things that you bought with that money. But that money is just, like, sitting somewhere. Like, it's either in stacked in bills, which is equally weird. You get a bunch of notes, and that's that's your money. What happens if it burns? You have nothing. What? What? Where's the value? Like, what is this? You can't replace them. Say, hey, I burnt my one million notes. Can you give me new notes? You don't have them numbered off like a fucking hotel key that you lose. Is so that you it? don't you don't have a, a, a Scrooge Duck room where you roll around <laughs> in your gold coins. <laughs> Scrooge Duck. <laughs> if I was Joe just Rogan, the perfect name I'd have a room, just a little, you know, just a couple grand. You could go roll around, <laughs> make it rain on yourself. I think the more information comes out, the more access, the more control the average person has over their own domain, the less likely you're going to have one percent of the people with most of the wealth. It doesn't make any sense. It just seems like that's not how the people would let it be. They would figure out a way around that. Like that seems like that's obviously someone's exploited the system and they've made it a non-fair competition. Like you, this isn't like an even exchange anymore. You're getting this insane amount of revenue as opposed to the rest of the population. If you look at like this massive group of people, bankers and industrials, like this is an insane amount of money. There's only like 50 of you fuckheads. Like hold on, and you all party together and wife swap and you have fucking key parties and shit. They're like Air Force pilots. They're out there just <laughs> flying until they run out of gas, going full gangster, making billions like that Bernie Madoff cocksucker. 
When they when then they snag that good like dude, fighter pilots. Yeah, they're like fucking full gangster right now. Runs out. They know that as soon as like there's some WikiLeaks for the whole world, as soon as uh, everything like it's full 100% transparency, and then ultimately voting on the internet. That's gonna kill them all. One world government voting on the internet. One one no government voting on the internet is gonna be where it's at because it's gonna get to a point where people are gonna realize that like they're in order to keep everybody from being crazy, there has to be a balance. And until you balance it out, people are gonna be crazy because. Because there's going to be inequity. There's going to be people that are eating fucking dirt sandwiches and then people that are throwing half their food away because they're lazy and fat and they, they just take for granted that their food's at the store in the morning when they get up. And I think that, that until, until yet that balances out, there's always going to be some chaos. There's always, that has to, like, and the only way that's going to balance out is if everybody has free access to resources. It's like a non-capitalist idea. It's a stupid idea. Because the reason why capitalism works is because it rewards effort. And effort is what creates things. You know, the harder you work, the more reward you get, the more you become a baller. But the problem is, a lot of those ballers, they go, hmm, I like working, but I don't like working this hard. How about if I just rig this thing so it just continues to make me money, even though it doesn't make any sense? And no one's going to say anything because I'm the rich guy. Ready, go. And that's basically what the fuck happened. It has to be re rectified. That has to be, we have to be put in a situation where our, 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 the way we conduct our lives, whether it's finance or government or just behavior, the way we communicate with each other, makes sense for the information that we have in front of us in 2013. And fucking the stock market does not make sense with the information that we have in front of us in 2013. It looks like a crazy, chaotic ride. People screaming at each other on the floor, and it's going up and down, and a buzzer wind rings off. you got to stop the trades at a certain time. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Hollering and writing shit down and throwing paper at each other and screaming. What is the system? What are, you, are you manipulating it? Are you calling it as it happens? What's it based on? Is it based on anything tangible? Is it just confidence? Is it just, can you get a bad rumor out there and crash your stock and then everybody loses what? The fuck did you lose? What was out there? That's a crazy Right, system. and our whole system is tied to it's it. These guys have a bad day and we all go in the toilet. And I know there's people like, Joe Rogan, you don't understand the financial <clears throat> system and that's the ignorance right. that you show on this show is disgusting. I'm so fucking tired of your pseudoscience. <laughs> You're right. You're the, right. You're Wall, right on all accounts. Wall How, Street always reminds me of the Middle East. It's always a bunch of unshaven assholes yelling at the top of their lungs. <laughs> it's a fucking, I had uh, some friends from uh, back in Boston that went into stock markets. They went into uh, doing that, and it's so they were they were savages, man. They were like crazy adrenaline junkie savages, and they wound up being uh, stock market guys. They wound up being uh, being dudes on the floor, screaming and yelling. What is it called? An agent? What is it called? What do they call them? A floor dude. What are they called? Dorks. Traders. No, Dorks. trader. It's trader. Trader. Right, trader. right. The guys on the floor with the pads. <sighs> it's a crazy system. I don't understand it. But when I lived around Wall Street, uh, there's a lot of lot of little late night dive bars all around yeah. there. All those dudes are all down there. How? The, what Not is there them, a but... system that that could be created where money made sense, where like the finances made sense, where like I guess like as soon as a company goes public. Like, just that alone, the ability to buy stock in a company and bank that the company does well, and if it does well, you profit. If it doesn't do well, isn't that gambling? Isn't that, it seems like gambling to me, right? Is it educated kind of. gambling? It kind of is. It is, right? Yeah. How come it's, oh, why is that legal? <laughs> I don't know. How come the stock market's legal? Like, didn't, okay, like, here, how about Bernie Madoff? Obviously, what he did was illegal, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, why isn't that, like, 
Do you think he's? Do you think right now every day he's gobbling balls with his asshole? <laughs> oh yes, gobbling balls. Yes, with his don't asshole? you? I, I think so. Mean, I think somebody certainly paid the warden fucked. off to uh, yeah. give you know stakes to the guys who. Uh, do you think he gets fucked? Oh, I think he's just getting pounded. <laughs> he fucked a lot of people. Over he there. fucked a lot of oh, people. Dude. A lot of really wealthy people. It's amazing. And how like he did children, it. some like uh, some like. Children's Cancer oh, yeah. Fund or something, some a few really important charities and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, he had a few. So I mean, somebody in the, yeah is connected in that jail. To oh yeah, oh I'm sure he's he was a real sociopath too. That guy apparently when they arrested him, he didn't fucking crack a sweat, nothing. Just <laughs> so like yep, yeah, all right, let's go. Like he knew it was coming, and then when they tore apart his business, they realized what he had done. He showed no remorse. He's like, hey, yeah. I, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. You know, like it was like oh, wow. He was not. He slept well. He never worried about those people. Wow. I mean, the 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 kind of intense, intense fucking pain that he caused. Mm. All of those people he stole money from. He didn't give a fuck. Wow. He was just a sociopath, just done by this system. It's amazing that he pulled it off. That's what's amazing. What's amazing is that the system is so wonky that a guy can just pretend to have money. Right. Not really, and just fucking do this weird thing where he moves shit around. Three card Monty with uh, millions of dollars. With their money, and look, you're rich. Now you're making more money. This is incredible. I am making more money. The more money you keep in, the more money you make. I'll just tell you that right now, okay? <laughs> oh, okay, you can fucking push it all in, and so all of a sudden, this asshole disappears on you, or or winds up on CNN, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> no. I, we were going to play tennis on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> You know there had to be at least one dude who was suspicious. Like, man, I think this dude's a crook. There had to be one dude, but he was just getting those those monthly checks, and he's like, it looks good. looks good here. looks good. Fuck. He's just looking at those numbers like, look, I'm making money here. I'm making money this month. As long as I keep my money in play, I'm making money. I'm just going to, honey, listen, if we push all of our life savings together, we go in for two years as to, on a 25% return rate, which is what I've been getting. And all of a sudden, CNN, that ugly cunt, walking across the floor of the courthouse. And you're like, no. He stole it all. How can that guy get away with that? How is it? Obviously, he didn't get away with it. But how did he do it for so long? What kind of system do you have? The system is crazy. You need a new goddamn system. I agree. What to do? <laughs> what to do, Tom Rhodes, as a world traveler? What to do? Because you're the guy. You, what do we do? I don't know. I mean, you know, my thoughts are childish, man. I think, you know, the invention of pockets ruined everything. I think we were happy when we were just <laughs> naked, <laughs> running around on the beach, just eating fruit and fucking. You know what I think? And then when somebody invented pockets, and, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, look at that shiny <laughs> shell. And then, oh, look, a pretty rock. And then you start getting all these objects in your pocket. And then you start trading with other people. And then, like, somebody invents, you know, paper money. And then, oh, my God. Then, it, you know. I think you're right. Fucking pockets. I think pockets you're right. ruined everything, man. <laughs> I think you're right, but I also think <laughs> it's just a stage. We just have to get used to this 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 level of existence. You just have to get used to it. Pockets are a stage. Get used to material. You have to get used to the, managing your obsession with material objects. You know, but it could be managed. It's still better to have them. So way better to have them. It's way better. Well, to that's have what technology. I like about traveling and not living anywhere. Is I accumulate a lot less shit. Oh yeah. I just don't buy. I mean, I have my essentials, you know, and the things I have, they're the best. You mm -hmm. know. Uh, now you don't ever have. You don't have a home base. No. 
So you literally you don't have a place where you recharge for a week, a year, and just mm, no. And I, I I get my uh, mail sent uh, somewhere. <laughs> get it sent somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, so you're just hoteling it everywhere you go. All the People's time. Yeah. Couches. Well, it depends where I'm at. You know. Um, uh, when my sister uh, was going through cancer treatments, I you know brought our family closer together. I went to Florida more often. Uh, you know, last summer I did two months all over Europe, and then I had a week off and rented an apartment in Rome. Oh, wow. so uh, and then last November I finished uh, a month in Asia, and uh, me and my wife went to Bali for like two weeks. So it depends where we're at. We like going to New Orleans a lot, like going to Austin a lot, you know. So do you just do you book yourself? Do you yeah, have yeah 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 yeah? You do everything yourself now. Everything. Oh wow! So you don't use an agent or anything? Mm -hmm. That's so smart. At this point, why? Well, would and you? they didn't forge the relationships with the international people. I mean, I went to those right. places. So I mean, why let some guy send an email and get ten percent? You know. Right. So do you? And do then I've been doing my own stuff in the states for like the last five years. And do you, are you trying to do things other than stand up? Or are you just kind of trying to concentrate. Uh, on just you know, on I was trying to. You know, I'm, you know, I've, I've, I got a podcast. I've, uh, I'm trying. I'm shooting videos all the time. I, you know, I was trying to sell this comedy travel show idea. Yeah. Um, now I've heard, you know, some kind of things similar to that are being made and stuff. So I don't know. Well, I remember I just, when uh, you were... I'm just, I'm just trying to make as much art right. as I can while I'm alive. You know, I just fucking jokes. Videos, podcasts. I want to. Uh, I've been, you know, writing for the Huffington Post, like travel stuff. But that, I want to get my. I got great stories. I mean, right. you know, the Puerto Rican honey pot. That's a good story, baby. <laughs> uh, so I want to get a book together. You know, I'm just, I'm just a one man comedy art machine, and uh, I'm just trying to fucking, you know. Are you going to store your book in the cloud? Are you going to have it on you at all times? You're going to store it in the cloud. What do you mean? On your computer. You know, when you send things up to the cloud, because I mean that's more appropriate. Your, your your idea should be out there on a s server somewhere where you're roaming across. Where everybody can. The countryside. No, it's not everybody can. They're password protected. Yeah. You'd actually have a hard copy. Like some laptops, they don't have much storage on them. Like, right. Like a lot of things people are storing. Right? They're actually pulling things down from the cloud. Which the problem with that is that you have to have an internet connection. No, and that's the thing. I got, I got, I, uh, me and my wife, she's a photographer. We both have extra hard drives. We got, you know. Right. I got like three hard drives to travel with and just whip stuff on it and you know that we're filming and recording and everything before before the big asteroid hit everyone probably had their shit on the cloud and that's why yeah, i wouldn't tr i wouldn't trust putting something up on a system no, that was, the that best collapse. recipe for disaster yeah, yeah. The, i mean look paper is a pretty good recipe for disaster too yeah i mean even the the oldest versions of the bible the, the dead sea scrolls that were actually written on animal skins like they they uh, that's like they have like little pieces of shit they try to piece together because it doesn't last and that's uh, that's only like four or five thousand years old or four thousand somewhere around there I think maybe even a little older but I mean think about how long how long would a book last it probably wouldn't even last as long as a piece of leather you know a piece of leather that you're writing on probably lasts longer than a book does so like I mean how many you know, how many years would a book last? we got to go back to rock. And what the fuck are you going to do with little tiny, you know, SD cards? You know, you get an SD card, and that's where you're storing all your shit. You know, like, what is, who's going to, in the future, they're going to find that. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, well, I wonder what that is yeah, now yeah. for us, like, arrowheads. We're like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if it was, like, some Avatar shit? Yeah. Like, not only was it an arrowhead, it was also, like, you put it on the, the right stone, and it would glow, yeah. and you'd get tuned into Mother Gaia. And most arrowheads just had porn on it. 
Pterodactyls <laughs> getting fucked by chicks. That movie Avatar was so. That movie Avatar was so fascinating to me. Not just because I, I love the movie, but because of all those people that got Avatar depression. Oh yeah, yeah, living up in the thing. No, the people, the people who watched it, they got mm. Avatar depression because they wished their life was as noble and oh, real well. as the Navi. Wow. Yeah, it was really fascinating because it was like a condition that was like getting repeatedly wow. diagnosed. They were calling it Avatar depression. I mean, half tongue in cheek, but half not. I think that's just a brilliant marketing move for the Blu-ray release of Avatar. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> yeah, that's probably just Brian, some marketing bullshit. Brian thinks so well as far as like uh, overcoming like obvious fakes on the internet. He's like the master at spotting bullshit on the internet. I've never met any, anybody who's got. I don't think we're ever right. Any of us are ever right all the time. But that, you are like as far as like videos or pictures. You're like 99% right. Well, you know what I've been finding out a lot lately is a new one. And I don't know if this is mostly probably just based in Los Angeles. But there's these guys that go to parties that act like normal people. But they have to do something like, all right, I'm at you. like I know somebody that got oh, hired. Oh, game? Yeah, I know somebody that got hired to go, all right, you're a meth head. And you need to go to the bathroom like every five minutes and just make it be obvious at the party. And you just kind of be normal, but just kind of <laughs> like be sweaty and stuff. Like they just invite like situations to parties like this. Oh, that's really? hilarious. Yeah. So it's like a gig for actors It's or a comedians. gig for actors, yeah. That's great. Ugh, could you imagine have a party and some asshole hires a comic or an actor to come over and pretend that he's a meth head and he keeps like slamming your bathroom door and putting on a show right. and he's actually getting paid to do that? <laughs> but you oh. know the guy and he's not a really good actor. <laughs> yeah, and he halfway commits. And you're like, what are you doing, man? Dude, you got to sell the scene. You got to really you got to believe it. You got to yeah. believe you're the meth you're, guy. You're not doing meth right now, man. You're not. I don't know, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> no, no, you're not. There was also uh, a, guy, he, a guy that does like overly gay at party, where he's just super, super gay, and he's a real gay guy, but he does overly gay. And they oh, rent him out for parties. They rent him out. You can have parties. a super gay friend. It's just oh, to spice great. up parties, because you know, like some parties are just like oh, we're all just. See that? That's what people good. who don't have comedy have to do things like <laughs> they need to. They need to hire colorful characters in yeah. their life. It's hard to find good conversation out there in America. Mm. It's hard. You know, you could luck upon the wrong fucking little, little corner of the world and be stuck on this little circular, what are those things called? At the end of driveways, at the end of a road? Uh, cul-de-sac. Cul you could be caught in a cul-de-sac with two boring motherfuckers. And they just, I was caught in a cul-de-sac with two dummies. Two dummies and one really nice guy who was strange. But two just straight dummies. I had this guy who had a dog, okay, and his dog was like this creepy dog that was always out. He didn't really have a fence. He had a sort of little fence, but there was a hill, so the dog could go up the hill and around the fence. There was no fence. It was bullshit, you know, and his dog was creepy. Like, you'd go out, and the dog would growl at you and shit, and he bit, bit somebody who was over the guy's house who was painting, and so I love dogs. I mean, I fucking love dogs. I've had dogs my whole life, so when I think a dog is creepy... It's because I know it's erratic. You know, it's not. I, I have a deep love for dogs. So I, I went to this dude's house and I'm like, hey, um, I go, the dog. I go, he's he's not just getting out, man. I go, he's like really being aggressive and he's growling. Like maybe you want, like, want, want to look into this. And so he goes, yeah, your, your dog got out and attacked me. He just, he just makes up a story about my dog getting out and attacking him. I'm like, yeah, are you okay? Like what happened? My dog's 90, he was 90 pounds. Right. A 90 pound dog that wants to attack you, it was a pit bull, that wants to attack you. That's, you're not going to survive that. And if you do survive that, you're going to be horribly torn apart. 
I mean, you might be able to get to a fence and shut it. Well, but he's, <laughs> I don't think he's going to let go. I think he's going to just tear you apart. I, I really don't see you surviving that. So when you, you're a fat guy who smokes cigarettes, and you're telling me my dog attacked you, and you held him down by his neck. This guy was telling me, I held him down by his neck until he calmed down. I go, oh, he calmed down. <laughs> Would that take a year? You're going to hold a pit bull down by the neck, and they're going to calm down. Do you know anything about dogs? Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, this is the dumbest story ever. But I got sad because I was like, this guy is, this is his reality. His reality is instead of dealing with his problems and like going, hey, you know, we got to put this crazy dog down. This dog's going to bite somebody. This dog's creepy. Something's wrong with our dog. Instead of that, he's just putting blinders on and making up stories. And that's, you could, you could be that guy. You could be putting blinders on and making up stories. Hmm. Anybody could be that guy. Make up, make up your reality as it's going along. So that was my fucking neighbor. And I'd see that fucking dummy every day, and you'd ask me stupid questions about stupid shit. That's why you never talk to your neighbors, man. I do oh. not follow those rules. <laughs> I, I live next I to, to these nice. two goth fencer guys that go to, like, Renaissance festivals, and, and like, they seem like nice people, but I don't want to go in that world. I don't want them to now, like, knock on my door and just, like, hey, what are you doing, Brian? I don't want any of that. I don't want any conversations <laughs> with anybody. Yeah, I, I moved into my house 10 years ago, and my neighbor, like, the moment I moved in, they started sending these notices that they wanted me to cut my trees down. They wanted me to cut my tree so that they could see, like, some lights in the distance, you know, from behind, you know, like, where, I guess if you see through my trees, you can see some lights. They wanted me to chop the trees down. Like, like just right when I move in. Not, not here's a cupcake that my wife baked. Welcome to the neighborhood. You know, hey, we're going to be sharing space together on this planet. I'd like to shake your hand and uh, say, you know, you ever need to borrow a cup of sugar? Ha, ha, ha. I'm right over here. Yeah. That would be nice, right? <laughs> no, instead this dickhead wants to bring me in front of some homeowners association. But reason why, one of the reasons why I bought the house is the beautiful trees. I love trees. Mm. Check them out. Guy wants me I, to chop him down so he can see the lights in the. I distance. know when I do finally find where I want to live, there ain't going to be no homeowners association. Yeah, all I ever, I homeowners associations are always pain it's in always the ass. Assholes. They try to tell my friend that he couldn't put uh, solar up in his yard, and he was like, "Why can't I put solar up in my yard?" And they, you know, said like, "Oh, it's unsightly and this and that." But there's a California state law that says that homeowners associations cannot stop you from putting up solar power. If you're, if you're a smart person and you have the shekels, which I'm not smart because I haven't done it, but you're, if you're not like having your house hooked up solar in California, that's the greatest resource we have. We're so low on resources here except for sunlight. Sunlight we have a massive abundance of, and you could power your whole fucking house easy peasy with, with solar. In this country, or in this state rather, it's so easy. You know, if you're in Seattle, it's going to be a bitch, but you know what I found? When you're in Seattle, we were in the fucking woods, man, and this dude had solar panels on the roof of his car, and it's raining, and it's gloomy, and dreary. The this, this solar panels still pull solar power, even when it's gloomy, even in Seattle. They're still pulling and charging his batteries, and he was watching TV. It's fucking crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, that's, we've been hoodwinked. You know, into thinking that that's not a, a good way to get your energy, especially around here. It's the best way to get your energy. I had a, a pot-growing friend who used to live in Ukiah. Ukiah. <clears throat> Ukiah is amazing. It's like an hour north of San Francisco. Ooh. Mendocino County. Looks oh. like Switzerland up there. Beautiful. Amazing. 
And uh, this guy loved weed so much. He had his own pot farm, but he, uh, you know, the uh, DEA would, they look for big patches. He, he would plant them in little bunches right. along tree lines. And he, he loved weed so much. He got out there with a shovel and dug, put in a sprinkler system where it was timed. <laughs> and, you know, and he was totally living off the grid. He had, um, you know, big uh, things that caught rainwater, he, you know, whatever, uh, and then he had solar panels on his roof. A guy who completely lived off the grid and everything. Wow. And uh, he had a heart attack and died like two years ago. Out there? Yeah. Good. That's wow. a good way to go. Well, yeah, I mean, I missed... Yeah, I mean, he was... A, That's a good way was, to go. The guy's living off the grid, living like a man, yeah. collecting rainwater. And you know what I mean? If you're going to go out there in the wilderness where it's beautiful and you're with nature... And you pass on to the next dimension. That's that's a good way to do it. That's good. Okay, I selfishly missed my friend. And when I would oh, visit yeah, him, he'd give me like a pound of weed. And I would drive back to Los Angeles with my cruise control <laughs> set on 54. <laughs> everybody everybody can oh pass me today. I'm going 54 that's right here. so terrifying when you've got weed in your car and you're driving. Oh, it's a terrifying feeling. And we're so – it's so lax here in California. I have friends that, you know, live in California, but then they do gigs other places. And they'll forget, like, if you get busted with weed in Texas, right. like, they arrested Willie Nelson. Right. You know, Willie fucking Nelson. Right. They're state arrest. icon. Yeah, that guy might as well be your grandfather. You're going to arrest your grandfather because he likes to get high. Wow. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That's the dumbest use of serve and protect ever. He's fucking crazy, that Willie. He's out there smoking. He, write, he might write some more great songs. He might be out there playing that guitar to those fucking hippies. But Willie's anti all other drugs. The people that work for him. Yeah. Uh, there's the saying among people that work for Willie, if you're wired, you're fired. Well, that's because... He doesn't tolerate any chemicals and shit. Well, those types... He's a, he's a weed guy. But those type of, like, speed dudes are a nightmare. Speed people are a nightmare. Right. Especially because their their sense of judgment gets whacked out. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why they get caught. Like, they caught this guy who was a lawyer. It was in Esquire or GQ, one of those Manly Men magazines where it's okay to read it. And uh, this dude was uh, a lawyer, and then uh, he did something with meth... And uh, maybe it was, like, based on a client that he was working with, taught him how to make meth. And then the guy just was making buckets of it in his basement. He just, he, like, it's, he was nuts. And, you know, the cops eventually came over his house and found all this meth in his basement. They're like, why was he? He's acting so crazy. Like, everybody knew something had to be going on. Like, mm. the guy had zero, like, his, his ability to make judgment calls was gone. So you would never want to Cutting go like the that. grass four in the morning, <laughs> things like that. If you're an old hippie Willie Nelson with your gray ponytail and you're sitting out there trying to write a song and you've got this dude working for you and he's bouncing off the fucking walls, climbing trees and shit. <laughs> you know how much a nightmare that would be? Yeah. That's some zombie shit. Meth. Meth is a scary one. Have you ever known anybody? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, older people that had kicked it and told me that they had done it. Uh, no, I, mm -mm. no, it's, it's, yeah, that's, I knew a few people. Really? That yeah. seems, uh, seems nasty. And then I mean, it's, it's scary. funny when you travel around America in the rural areas on the side of barns, there's advert, you know, like yeah. meth destroys families and lives and like, and even, um, like above gas pumps, like you drive to middle America and there's just these, so apparently middle America is just meth crazy. Yeah. There's a real problem with rural areas.
Where there's, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Let's stay up all night. <sighs> I think it's one of those drugs, Why not learn too? a language? Play chess. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's one of those so drugs. So many things really, you could be doing. It's really hard to let go. I think once it gets you, it's gotcha. Yeah. And like, you're, you're going to need some of the, like, real physical detoxification. They're going to need to give you an IV. Make sure you're not dehydrated. Like, you, 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 could, you could get... Your body gets wrecked. Because mm. you're just redlining. <laughs> So when you finally get off of your body, it's just like, oh, my God. You just burnt it, cooked it. You ever met anybody that used to do, like, wasn't into math and then started doing math? Uh, no. I've met a couple of people, and they lose, like, a good percentage of their ability to, like, be a normal person. They, mm. they miss a chunk, and they're always going to be a little wacky, yeah. just a little wacky. Some dudes get through it fine. There's a few MMA fighters that had math problems and then had, like, real issues with it and then, like, almost died and then became in incredibly disciplined because they had, like, been to the edge. Right. And in pulling themselves out of that and then recognizing that they have a problem and they beat turning the dragon. their life around, beat the dragon completely. So now they resolve to, like, never be defeated again. It's like some of the toughest guys in the, in uh, MMA are like that. There's a few guys that had like court McGee who was uh, who won the ultimate fighter. He had a like real substance abuse problem. He was actually brought back. He was resuscitated. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, you ever, who, when was the last time you ever heard about that from weed? Dude ate a pot brownie and died. Right. You know, no, but we it just accept that a certain amount of people <laughs> guy ate a pot brownie and really enjoyed Spider-Man three. <laughs> the best sex ever. <laughs> If you haven't fucked on pot cookies or pot edibles, you you really don't even know what sex feels like. It's, just, it's like the same thing between eating an ice cream sundae high and eating an ice cream sundae sober. It's such a completely different experience. Like completely, totally different. But, but sex and pot cookies just cranks the whole thing up. Whoop. Whoop. <laughs> Every every sense just is firing, crackle, crackle, and you're freaking out. Can't even believe you're alive. You're weirded out by sex in the first place. Then you're, are we making a baby? What's going on here? Wow, crackle. <laughs> you were a um, a talk show host in Amsterdam when everything was illegal here, but everything was legal there. What the fuck was that like? I cried myself to sleep every night. <laughs> well, that's when I... It was terrible, Joe. You know, Tom and I have been friends for a long time. And we we first... I knew about you, but I didn't meet you until we did a thing um, in New York when we were both on TV at the same time. You had the Tom Rhodes show, and I had that news radio thing. But it was like, right away, I could tell you were like a real comic. Like, right... We had like a few... We had a few words back and forth and back and forth. I'm like... This mother, this is a real comic. And then after the show, uh, you know, a couple years later, uh, hey, you hear Tom Rhodes is doing a fucking talk show over in Holland, in Amsterdam, and he's not even doing it as Tom Rhodes. He's like playing a character. And we're like, that sounds like Tom Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something Tom Rhodes would do. Just fucking out there doing it. Just out there gangster style. It was awesome, man. That was like one of the best experiences of my life. What was it called again? What was the name? Well, the, it was the, the Kevin Masters show at first. <laughs> and nobody, they didn't, any magazine, newspaper interview I did, they would say, well, I, who, why is it Kevin Masters? Who's Kevin Masters? And I would always say, I don't know. They, had, they 
um, they came up with the idea. We're going to get an American. We're going to do this like American late night talk show. And we're going to call him Kevin Masters. So, did they ask you to stick with that name? No, well, no, because then I never went along with it. I would never. <laughs> whenever anybody would say Kevin, I would say my name's Tom. I never. I you know. It, I spent my whole career trying to establish my name. I'm not going to fucking right. So that's like. So it was silly. So then, uh, seasons two and three, it was Kevin Masters starring Tom Rhodes. Oh, well, that's nice. So at least they gave me the the, the starring thing. But it was it was you know a once in a lifetime experience. Um, that would be like I had moved there O'Neal. for this girl, this love story, and I was playing in Europe a lot, primarily London. I was, you know, flying back and forth to London um, every other weekend, and all the gigs all over Europe. And uh, it didn't work out with this girl, but I had fallen in love with Holland and Europe, and I got this amazing television. You know, do you want to stay and and post? Your own show, and I grew up watching Carson and Letterman, and you know, to be that guy coming out from behind the curtain in the three thousand dollar suit, and then you stand on the X and you get to do your little five minute monologue, and then you walk to the desk and you banter with your musical host, which I had one a little hip hop guy named E Life, and <laughs> then you know, and then you do a skit. Is he an then, iPhone app? Uh, he could be. Uh, you know, you do a skit, and then first guest, uh, and then my favorite part of the show. Every episode, I would get to make a five-minute film where I would experience something of Dutch culture. Uh, one day, I spent on a Dutch farm with a farmer, and uh, I walked into an electric fence. He said, look out for the electric fence in Dutch, oh but I don't God. speak Dutch. So, you know, uh, seeing like somebody get electrocuted is hilarious. How, how does it hurt? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not that bad. Can I cook but, your dick off? No, but it, it makes you jump like a mofo. I heard it could like um, literally cook your dick off. Some but I got to do all these things. I got a, I got a tour of the um, you know the red light district and the, uh, the sex laws were explained to me. The I was given a tour of gay Amsterdam by the guy that does the gay parade. Uh, I got to cover the uh, the prime minister debates, the lice strikers debates. That's debots. incredible. And I was on the floor. With a press badge and a microphone, and I'm talking to their most powerful, their most important political leaders. That's incredible. Where, like, I couldn't even meet the governor of my state <laughs> in, in, in the United States. Yeah, unless you were lucky you, know? you were standing next and to And there were really cool moments. You know, Tenacious D came over, and uh, I filmed a great one of the, I, the that five-minute film. Uh, I gave them a tour of Amsterdam. That's on wow. YouTube, oh, me wow. showing Tenacious D around. You know what else is on YouTube? There's a video, of, <clears throat> I think it's on Live Leak, actually. Brian, tell me if this is real. These two dudes, they piss on an electric fence, and they mm. both get electrocuted at the same time. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, that's totally real. Pull that up. Yeah. Because <laughs> you think it's funny watching a dude walk into an electric fence. Yeah. Check out what it looks like when two dudes piss on an electric <laughs> fence at the same time. That shit hurts so bad touching out. Oh, wow. It is, it is ridiculous. It's, it's hilarious. Wow. I didn't know what would happen. I wonder. I wonder if the dicks are okay. Probably not, right? Can you I imagine would... the amount of force that goes through your cock? Mm. I wouldn't even chance that one. What if it makes your dick numb forever? You shouldn't do things that like tamper with the performance of your nub. That's what I'm talking about. Don't you know, piss on electric fences. No tattoos, no piercings, no the dick pills. Yeah, those dudes that split their dick. That's ooh, oh my god! It looks like one of those hot dogs you put on a <laughs> on a Weber. <laughs> a microwave hot dog. <laughs> microwave. No microwave hot dogs just explode. It's when you split them. You know, you split right. like for people like like hot dog sandwiches. Like that was more like of a back east sort of a thing. You know, you'd get okay. Here it is. Watch this, stupid fucks. They both get out. Oh, I gotta piss on something. Dudes have to go somewhere and piss. You ever notice that when they piss, they don't just they don't just 
like pull their pants down and piss on the ground. They have to find something. <laughs> something it's down. a male thing, totally. Yeah, this is a military fence too. So I'm yeah. sure. Look that at this. this pop. Oh. Damn it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's only one guy. There's another one with two. Look at this. See, right when his stream hits the electrical. Boom. That's a faint. Damn, he fell like a tree. That's like a faint. That dude fell like a tree. Hey, man, what the fuck makes people faint? I was having this conversation the other day with a friend. What is it that makes people faint? Any idea? The Beatles? Elvis's cock. What is the mechanism? Like, is it supposed to protect you from something? Like, what do you? What, why does? Why do people faint? Um. Well, goats. The the fainting goats. I don't know if you know about those. Yeah. Things, those goats, where you, I, I think is used as a, uh, as what you just said. Defense mechanism. Yeah. Defense mechanism. Hmm. I'm what kind of defense mechanism humans, is that? I think it's something to like maybe blood running too fast to you know your heart or something like you know what I mean like. Hmm. Uh, might be something like that. Well, it seems know. like if something was trying to eat you and you just fall down and play dead, that's a terrible strategy. Yeah. But what the fuck do I know, no. nature? You know? Why? You're the one who made the platypus nature. Why? How'd you get... Who? What guy were you talking to about fainting with? Oh. Was he making you faint? No, this... Again, a girl that I dated a long time ago had a real problem with needles. Um, where she would see she a would needle faint, in huh? a movie and she would just pass out. Oh my god! Mm. And um, I was like, wow. I was like trying to figure. I go, did something happen to you? Like what? You know, like, like what was it? Well, no, she apparently uh, when she was young, she had some sort of a, a really bad infection, and they had to give her a bunch of shots, like a bunch of shots, and apparently it, it just hurt like hell, and it just traumatized her. But then she told me that her dad was a doctor, and Weird. her dad would faint. Ooh. Her dad had like a so fainting like... thing. He was a dentist actually, but he he would faint. Like he would see his son. His son had like blisters on his face because he uh, he was out in the sun. His sunburn. He was sunburned so bad that he started getting like these little blisters on his face. The father saw it and just falls down and passes out. Like wow, what kind of that'd be hard to be a dentist and not be able to give a shot. But, but I guess it's it has to do with it, it being his son. And he couldn't take it because it was his kid and, you know, the love that he has for his boy. And he sees him hurt and damaged and he freaks out and he's just like, this is too much. And he just completely checks out. Mm. Um, I want to give a shout out to my dentist, <laughs> Dr. Pellerin. Uh, the man just retired. He's been our little family dentist in, our, in Florida for years. Oh, that's great. This guy could give a shot. Oh, my could he? God. Could he? Yeah, artist. Just an artist. The way it didn't hurt. And now this... A uh, person who's replaced him. Ruthless. Not as good. Not as good. It's a jabby <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, it's fucking They're all terrible. jabby with that fucking needle. I, did you see this shit about these uh, storm chasers that got caught in that hurricane? Or the tornado, rather? <clears throat> I think I saw something for a flash second. They're those dudes that were on that show, Storm Chasers. Oh, they're, they, they oh. got killed. Oh, and they got killed? By a tornado. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, well, that's kind of Steve Irwin, isn't it? A little bit, but no, because what these guys were doing was measuring the the uh, velocity of the wind and how far it takes. Like they were they were recording data that don't we have help machines people. to do that? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, I think you have to. You got to be, be right up on it with the with the litmus to to register like the speed of the wind and mm. shit like that. I think like it varies in you know like where wherever you are from close to far, and I think they make those calculations based on a lot of data that they take in the field. As far as I know, there's a great benefit to the doing it like that. Well, wow. that Oklahoma City thing, that was amazing. I was it's in insane. New Zealand when that happened. And just like, you know, uh, as the story was unfolding. It's you insane. Know? It's amazing how, you know, news goes around the world instantly. But, you know, you, 
like a mile wide path ripping through <laughs> the city. Just the devastation. It's insane. Do you remember Joplin, Missouri? Oh yeah, God, that one got wiped out. It's like literally didn't exist anymore. Right. It's it's and if you look, right, at that it, was an older town too. Yeah. I had passed through. I used to oh, yeah. when I did the road, I drove through Joplin a few times, and it was like a brush, like a mile wide Ooh. brush, just just like a big horsehair brush, just just scrubbed it right off the face of the world. It's just it's an incredible thing that the wind in under certain conditions can reach that kind of a frenzy. You know, it's really it's 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 so shocking. Like our our calm world that we live in for the most part. Is uh, it's it's so different than what happens when a fucking tornado comes. It's just so hard for us to wrap our heads around it. Fuck tornadoes, dude. Did you ever he see said the one? Do you ever see the one from Dallas where it's throwing semis in the air? Semis are Ooh. spinning around in a circle like leaves. Wow, it's insane. They're just flying through the air. Eighteen wheelers just flying through the air. It's throwing around trucks. Unbelievable. It, it, won't, it doesn't even drop them. It's just spinning them around. It's like a goddamn movie. Like that, that Twister movie. Twister. Twister. What's her name? Uh, had, had a wet t-shirt on the Ellen scene. Hunt. Ellen Hunt. That was, that was it for her. That's the thing about New Zealand that I really enjoyed. They are really... Uh, there's a nice filter... Of, of that's the of, movie, of, Brian. Of, of negative, <laughs> don't show that. Of negative don't news, they don't they don't get in New Zealand. Um, they don't get like, all the like the Middle boom. East doesn't even exist in, really? in their news. You don't you don't hear any stories about Syria or Israel. Oh wow! Um, you know, in the United States, <clears throat> it's always shootings and bombings and disasters. Yeah. No in, shit. In New Zealand, the newspaper is like a sheep got in the road. Well, you interviewed you know, Kim. dot com. Were I you there did, when yes. you interviewed him? So you interviewed him in person. Yes. Uh, I want to meet that guy. That's a, he's a fascinating. Cat. You would love the guy, and uh, you should hear. You should listen to the the conversation I did with him. He's really articulate, oh, uh, brilliant, and the guy's I'm really sure. funny too. He's he's uh, he's got a great sense of humor. Um, it was remarkable. I did the uh, NPR of New Zealand, Radio uh -huh. New Zealand, and the woman asked me. You know, what would you like to do while you're in New Zealand? And I said, I'd like to meet Kim.com. Oh, yeah. And a few hours later, he followed me back on Twitter. And I looked at his Twitter thing. And uh, he had an email. And I sent him a nice email. And uh, said, I'd like to do a chat with him. I think he's a really fascinating guy. Yeah. And he's really portrayed in the American media as this, like, kind of, you know, Bond villain, you know, uh, you know, bad person. But... I think the guy manipulated the strengths of the tools he was working with when the internet came on, and he's the reason a lot of rules were put into place. He, you know what, he, he totally straightened me out, because I had the misconception that I thought the, the website Mega Upload that he made all the money from, I thought, oh, that's like the Napster of movies or something. You know, I'd never used it. I didn't know what it was. Um, and he, he corrected me. He said, no, they, they never had a search uh, engine thing. You couldn't type in Avatar and find Avatar. Whereas the the Napster, you could search in Metallica, Zeppelin, and then get all this stuff. Right. So um, they never had that. It was people sharing files, like kind of Dropbox or something. Right. You know, and he didn't, you know, know what was... Uh, people were, were were trading or sharing. And uh, it, he's a fascinating guy, man. I, I sent him an email. He invites me to his mansion... And uh, it was on the last day I was there. So, uh, you know, I was from, from his house to the airport. I only got to talk to him for an hour. But just wonderful man invites me into his home. And just, you know, uh, the guy uh, is, 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 I think he's, 
kind of like an internet visionary. He's got a lot of great thoughts about um, where the internet's going, and and, and the, you know, and the United States is trying to extradite him. Are they really? Yeah. And, what is the charge? Uh, piracy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does he have like the best DVR ever? Like, hey, do you want to watch like all these homemade porns from every single person that's ever uploaded this um, <laughs> mega upload? Which is what I was only there an hour. I didn't. I didn't get see to the see problem. the upstairs. Those aren't going to be good. They're going to be fat dudes with their tongue out right. and their cock right in front of the lens. That's what you're going to see if you tune into people's. No, I don't think you know. He's a, he's got. You guys got a beautiful wife. He's got like five kids. He's a gamer, man. The guy loves games. And, I bet he has some uh, great movies, though. Uh, I was a oh. fan of his way back in the day. He had a really cool website. He was, like, one of the first guys that had, like, this really, like, high-level personal website. And it was all, like, he had an animated feature. I think it was Milosevic. Who's the, the evil guy? Milosevic, yeah. Yeah, I think it was him that he was, he was killing in his, <clears throat> uh, in his uh, cartoon that he had. On his website, like it was like all flash animated, like really badass. What was it called? I forget. Strong badass. Kim, it was Kim dot com. Find it. I don't even know if he was calling himself Kim dot com back then. I think it was he was just calling himself Kim. But uh, his website was like genius. It was like really high level shit. My friend Andrew turned me on to it. He was like, "You gotta look at this guy's website. Like this guy's website is on another level." And I went to it and I was like, ooh. Right, like, he was on the, top of the internet game from the beginning. This is like na- late 90s, I think. Maybe, yeah, maybe 2000 at the most. So it was a fascinating fucking website back then. So this guy's like been at the front line of the internet yeah. for a long ass time. That was when he was doing like hacker. He was a hacker and then he went into security. And he was doing like security for big companies. That's what he said. He got busted, and then he got yeah. hired by like eighteen. His his story's fascinating. Yeah, very you know? fascinating. Very fascinating. Uh, the only thing I didn't get to ask him was, "Who do you want to play you in the movie?" <laughs> <laughs> um, they, he, he was a hacker at first, and then he got uh, good call. Uh, and then he got hired by AT and T and all these companies to for him to explain, you know, the workings of their system and how someone could get in. I mean, yeah, I would imagine you need that if you're a fucking bank, right? Yeah, a little. That's what's amazing that they allow you to bank online, but you can't vote online. That's that's hilarious. It's, it's, uh, it's too dangerous. <laughs> it can ensure the veracity of this transmission. Too dangerous. Voting online, voting is too important. But your money yeah, is more convenient. Hmm, I can't find anything online. about his early cartoon stuff. Uh, anyway, I had a I had a great conversation with him for an hour, and it was very generous for him to do that. And the guy loves comedy. Pull up versus Milosevic. Um, uh, I don't even know how to spell that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I found him very humorous and uh, a good dude. I yeah, enjoyed seen... looking him in his eyes and, and uh, asking him whatever I felt like. Well, what do you think the argument is? Do you, you think the argument is that people should be able to share files and that if you buy something, you should be able to put it online and other people should be able to pull it down if they want it and they'll upload something that they bought. But as long as someone's buying the original thing and uploading it, then it's not theft. That's what a lot of people feel. A lot of people feel like as long as I'm not actually taking something. Or if it was paid for once, you right. could share it. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think they, you know, they're going to limit it as much as they possibly can. But I don't think they'll ever, to, you know, with Dropbox and all these different mm-hmm. technologies, it'd, it'd be impossible to. <laughs> to totally stop it. Yeah, but what I'm asking is, like, what is his argument? Like, what is You know, is somebody dies and I give you, you my, I leave you my iPod with my fucking massive music collection, you know? I'm not you, supposed to take, I'm supposed to, like, say, no, I'm going to yeah. give this back to the RCA. Oh, my God, Rhodes paid for all these songs, yeah. and wow, I didn't know he liked yeah. <laughs> Patsy Cline or whatever, you know? Why not, man? Fucking rock that Patsy Cline. But, yeah, like, who's to say, right? 
Who's to say what happens to it after you pay? I don't. They'll never be able to control that yeah. for uh, everything being paid for. What's Kim dot com's uh, argument? Like, does he think that things should be that way? That you should be able to no, I, I, you know, and uh, I, this is me speaking. I think you know he did. He's the reason a lot of rules were put into place. Right. So you know, and and now he's his 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 website. When it, you know he's complying with uh, business, it's kind of like in New Zealand. They feel like the guys. Kind of uh, being persecuted by huh. the American government. He thinks like the Hollywood studios that backed Obama's campaign, uh, they're the ones that, that um, want to, you know, perpetuate this and have him extradited and face charges. And he's, you know, and if he is made an example of, then other, you know, Internet, you know, hacker, whatever people. Right. It sends a message to those people, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they definitely do that with entertainers that get caught with not paying their taxes, like like Blade. They put him in jail. They put Wesley Snipes in jail for three fucking years. Wow. You know, and he was trying to pay it back. They're like, yeah, no. I mean, he couldn't even. They they didn't even say, hey, you owe us money, and since you lost in court, now you have to pay it plus a fine. Wow. They're like, no, we're gonna take your freedom publicly for three years and lock you in a cage as you're. You know, nearing your early fifties, it's not going to be so fun. And then when you get out, we'd like all that money back, please. Then when you get out, you got to claw your way back. Mm. And then he's a little aged yeah. as an actor, you know. Well, they, well, they do that to a lot. Unless they he's putting on plays in the jail, he might, he might lose his chops <laughs> he, a little bit. He's staying sharp. <laughs> a little after. But you should listen to my uh, my podcast with Kim. Dot How do it's, I get it? Is it iTunes? It's uh, iTunes. Tom Rhodes Radio. Tom Rhodes Radio. Why did you choose that name? Because I thought I could play whatever I wanted, and I, I take like sound clips from movies, and like when I talk with com- comedians, um, I'll, I'll put little snippets of their stand up in there and stuff. Do you get to run into problems doing that? I know, and I've tried. I uh, I don't have any commercials. It's free. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, so as long as you uh, keep it free. Uh, so the, so is that how it works? Ladder in the, uh, you know that's what I did at the beginning, and that's why I called it Tom Rhodes Radio. But now I don't do movie clips or anything. I just I'll take some stand up. Um, like you know, if somebody didn't know, uh, Hedberg, you know, like Hedberg or something, he comes up in conversation. Perfect example, you know, to do a little sliver of a uh, couple of his jokes. So yeah. it's just I kind of approach it like if I was a um, a university professor teaching a master class in comedy. You know, it's 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 a lot of comedians, but a lot of also interesting people. It's people I admire. You know, like I, I admired Kim dot com. I. I sent him a message. I got in touch with him. Do you edit it all yourself? Uh, my wife helps me. Okay. She so edits it. What do you use to put everything together? Mac. What's, what's the, like, Pro Tools? What do you use? Oh, just GarageBand. GarageBand? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Slap it all together. That's fucking great. Base. Anybody can do... Amazing. You can be your own internet mogul now. That's You've it, got Brian. the technology. You don't that's have to... The, that's the video. This is from... I mean, I want to say, like... Good work, Brian. It can't be any later than 2000. So he used to call himself Kim there. It was just Kim, expert Kim. I don't know what his actual real name is. Kim Schmidt. But this is uh, him. He was or, like, yeah, something like that. He was like a character. God. He makes uh, he makes rap songs and dance songs. That's the mega car. The me- how do you know what it was? Yeah. <laughs> I remember this. I don't remember this at he, all. He had a whole thing. Yeah, look, the guy gets out. He gets on a speedboat. He's just letting you know he's a bad motherfucker. He takes his fast car <laughs> to an even faster boat. Now I'm gone, bitch. I'm like James Bond up in this motherfucker. So he's uh, flying around on the water in his boat. 
And he presses the eject button. So this was, his, I guess, his uh, obsession with uh, all things mega. Yeah, look, and he lands on the bottom of this helicopter. Right here. And then he lands on a building. Microsoft. Microsoft. Uh. He's having sex with the building. He's sliding down the building. Bill, he's Bill Gates. He's gonna shoot Bill Gates. What a great idea! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! He guns down Bill Gates. He guns down Bill Gates. That's brutal. Look how many times he's shooting him. Damn it! This, this is. This is for when it's me. Oh, it's, so Bill Gates is peeing on the ground. And it turns out he didn't actually shoot him, but he shot around him the word Linux. You ain't seen And that's nothing. so funny. Wow. That's not the one that I saw. <laughs> I saw another Oh, I'm glad he didn't kill Bill Gates. I know. Yeah, I thought he was killing that Bill was Gates. Like, that was really twisted. Yeah, he's, he, that, these were all a long time ago. This is like, right. there was nothing like that on the internet. People weren't doing it on their own website. It's really strange. Right. Hmm. Oh, weird. Anyway. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you do your, um, you, you just edit it all yourself and put it live or uh, put it up on iTunes, but you don't do like a, a Ustream version or anything yeah, and like SoundCloud that? Yeah, SoundCloud and. Uh, but I mean a Ustream version. Like you don't do a video. A video. Sitting I do, we, um, I, I'll take little snippets of video and put it on YouTube. I, my YouTube channel is King of Haha. King of Haha. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, sounds like a middle. And I you know, like that. There's a Stanhope ones, uh, and I, I didn't. I didn't film Kim. dot com. I, I felt so privileged to be in the guy's house. When I got there, I was enjoying just meeting the guy so much. I, yeah. I actually said, "We don't need to do this, right, bro? I'm just happy to meet you, right." <laughs> and I actually, you know, I, I, I was just so glad to be sitting there talking to the guy. And then he said, "No, no, no. You know, um, you know." Please, if you, know, you, you want to, if you want to record, the act of doing a podcast makes conversations happen that might not necessarily have have like the, like you and I. Okay, we might go have have dinner somewhere, but I might you know take a phone call. You might go to take a leak. You know, we're not going to sit down for three hours and just drink coffee and smoke a little weed and just talk like this. Like it's almost like you need this vehicle of putting on a show to to, to get it out there. You know? Yeah. It's cool, but my 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 wife also she she's she films a lot. I've filmed a lot, so we got great stuff with Stanhope and um, Steve. Do you Hughes want like one a week? Uh, yeah, um, they're coming out a little faster now. I've got a lot of backed up episodes. Man, it's that's the beautiful thing about podcasts. All you really need, if you want to do an audio podcast, especially, you just need an iPhone. I mean, you can right. do. I've we've done ones where Brian. What kind of uh, editing did you have to do when I did those uh, podcasts on the planes? Did you have to do anything to it? No, I just cut off the, the, the beginning and end, and just it's amazing. Boom. And then put commercials on. The sound of the plane wasn't. Uh... No, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's in the background. You know, okay. and then, you know, like I, what I do is I'd hold the iPhone between like me and Joey or me and Duncan or me and Ari or cool. Brian. And, did we ever do one, Brian? Did no. we ever do a podcast on a plane? We should have that like a regular episode when mm -hmm. we do gigs, do podcasts on a plane. Absolutely. Yeah. I did it. I, I did the Austin Moon Tower Festival. Was that a comedy festival? Yeah. It's great. It's in Austin. Nice. I did the second year. And uh, I love Ari. He's awesome. Oh my god! Just his face makes me happy. Oh, I enjoy oh, that too. guy. I enjoy his company so much. And I did a. I, I sat down and I was having a great uh, uh, conversation with him for my podcast. And then Marin walks out because uh, we were on these balconies at the hotel. And then Marin sits down, and then it's you know 
comes all about Marin. All about Marin. <laughs> but but there's, I've got great video. It did that, really, that is really what happened, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But Marin's great in the thing. Because oh, I, I was having this great – I didn't know Ari had been like orthodox and that he had lived in Israel and oh, stuff. It's an so amazing I'm like, story. I'm asking him all these things that like I just – I you know, what's the squiggly uh, – Sideburns mean. What's the tassel on the pants thing mean? Right, and right. What's, the, what's with the big fuzzy hats? So and so Ari's thinks- like, Ari's totally knocking him down. He's totally schooling me on right. on uh, all these uh, these questions that I had. And then Marin comes out. There it is. Boom. Did Marin think that he was supposed to be there? Or did he just I don't think Marin knew we were recording the first like twenty minutes. Oh, so he, he thought just, it was just a conversation yeah. in front of a laptop, and yeah. then he's probably in the groove now. He's a funny cat, man. He's he's become a different dude. It's interesting. It's it's cool it. watching a guy finally drop some of the anger, like getting success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great bitterness. when somebody. Uh, yeah, but he's still getting into it with people. He, Michael Ian Black and him were going back and forth on Twitter. What were they doing? Oh well, my, Michael Ian Black was dominating Marin on Twitter. Oh, really? Oh, I don't believe that's real. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that was I don't, real. I don't no. care for... Uh, uh, it's real. They've done it before. Yeah, but, Twitter slapdowns when comedians yeah. get all bitchy with each other. It seems you know? to be... I mean, we're the, the, we're the lowest rung on the showbiz yeah. ladder, man. It's like, don't... Let's, you know, how about, how about a little uh, Maori Brotherhood, fellas? They could have easily been fucking around, but it just didn't seem like it. Well, it seemed Marin, too, Marin told, too real. Marin told uh, a great story that I had asked him about. It's It's a little different... The way he tells it, but the way I remembered it, um, you know, Marin, had, he'd only been on comedy for a couple of years. He moves to L.A. He's a doorman at the comedy store. He's living at the comedy store house. Right. And Kinnison is massive at the time. And Kinnison liked to come by and party and everything. And Marin's like, you know, only been on comedy for a couple of years. And um, he went to pick up a college friend of his at the airport. And he comes back to the house. And he comes in, and Kinnison is standing on his bed pissing. And Marin turns to his buddy, and he goes, I told you I knew him. <laughs> oh, God. What? Yeah, I heard Kinnison was a real piece of shit. He was, a, he was a bad dude. By the way, um, i got to remember this, uh, to say this. Uh, Ari Shafir's new Comedy Central show, the online version of it, um, he uh, has a new thing that Comedy Central Studios is doing online. It's called This Is Not Happening. And he just released the first one today. It's uh, T.J. Miller has a seizure. I watched it. It's it's brilliant, especially the opening part of it. There's like this. He has this animated thing. Pull it up, Brian. It's uh it's on the Comedy Central uh, uh, page on YouTube, which is just Comedy Central. And um, it's this is not happening. T.J. Miller has a seizure. This is not happening. Just see the the beginning, the opening uh, animated uh, video. Whoever did it is a bad motherfucker because it looks really cool. And they decided to do it. It looks like they did it in a strip club. It looks like they did it in like one of those. Yeah, it's at, it's at, it's at Cheetahs. Oh, is it Cheetahs? Where, uh, Sam we're in Atlanta? No, 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 no. There's like a Cheetahs here. But that's where like Sam does a lot of comedy shows at. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. How were those shows? Are those fun? Yeah. They look great. Look at this opening. Worst news in the least amount of words possible. What's happening? You just had a seizure. Now what's going to happen? You're going to have another. Check this out. This is the opening animation for those nice. who are... It's all three-dimensional. Shit's flowing in the air. This is really cool. Welcome to This Is Not Happening presents One Crazy Night. So Pretty sweet. It's badass. Tell stories yeah. About a similar subject. So this, this is, is an idie idea that Ari had uh, that he came up with a long ass time ago. 
I think as like a writing exercise. I mean, I think that was his idea, just to have a different kind of show where you, instead of just do like hardcore, like set up punchline, you know, created bits, he wanted people to just tell wacky stories. Like the one time that like Burt Kreischer has a fucking story about getting so drunk that he's over his girlfriend's uh, father's house and he's the guy walks down into the, uh, the living room while he's pissing on the dining room table. Like standing there with his dick out on the dining room table pissing. <laughs> We've all had a little too much to drink. Huh? Yeah, that's that's some next level. Shit. I love Ari's storytelling nights at the Austin Moon Tower Festival. He did a, a drug story. Yeah, night. I told that um, Dalai Lama tale. <laughs> that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, those uh, these things that Ari does, they're they're really fun. I love that. They're really interesting. But sometimes people cheat. I've, I've I wanted to. I had talked to Ari about going to act. Israel and doing shows, and. Um, and I just talked to Moshe Kasher. He had played this club that I wanted to look into. And he said, you have to be squeaky clean. What would be the fun of that? Barf. Yeah. What, what, kind of, that? what kind of world are you living in? These people can clean. handle, you know, fucking yeah, religious bombs. tension and fucking suicide bombers, but they can't handle a little dick joke. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what the <laughs> That's absolutely preposterous. That actually hurts my feelings. It does. Just want to be clean. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? What do you do? Are you going to live forever if you don't say fuck? What are you doing? Are you, are you enjoying this more? If everything's fucking sanitized. Like what? Like all due respect. What keeps a guy like Seinfeld doing stand-up? Wow. Do you know anything about him? No, I don't. I know what kind of cereal he likes. He likes Porsches. I know he likes Porsches. Yeah. It's like he's got like a hundred cars. Some crazy Porsche fetish. You know, drives a lot of old ones and shit. He likes Superman. I know. I know he's a great comic. You know, he's a, a great joke writer who's got great delivery, but he's got that one observational, one layer style. Like, there's no, you know, he's not. When I have children, I won't allow them to watch him. <laughs> I would never want my kids to emulate that kind of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom, that would, that'd be, you know, he's one of you the can greats. look at online pornography kids, whatever you want. You watch some old Carlin tapes, but no Seinfeld in this house. Where's that other song? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> I had two. I go to this. Gro- I, I go one. to the grocery store. I'm just picking up a couple of things. Jerry goes to the grocery store. Jokes. It's in it. <laughs> the cheese is right next to the milk. Do they know each other? I'm trying to go. Oh, I remember we were both milk. Now look at you. You've grown up. You cheese. You know, every all milk starts off. Cheese starts off as milk. When cheese sees milk, does it remember its old friends? Look at you. You've moved. I should clarify. He, uh, I, 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 I met him once, and I, I didn't care for him. So, I oh thought, really? I thought he was, you know. Oh, what, what, did it, what happened? It was at the Comedy Cellar. Mm-hmm. It was ninety eight, ninety nine. I was living there, and um, I, you know, the cellar. Everybody goes to the cellar, you know, at the end of the night. And I had a set there, and I get, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's a small club. There's a table in the back where comedians um, go on or, or sit before they go on. And I get there, and every all the comedians are in the hallway. Nobody's at the table, and oh, Jerry's here. And so I go back. I'm on next. I sit down. I give him a little, you know, head nod. Hey, I liked the guy up to that right. time. I could see him while I was on. I did 20 minutes, and uh, I had a great set. I know that. And then the next night, he's at the. Uh, they had the Mediterranean restaurant upstairs, and I get there early to do my set, and um, I see Colin Quinn at the bar. He's a buddy of mine. And I go over to say, hey, Colin, how are you? And he goes, hey, you know Jerry? And Jerry's sitting there hunkering over a plate of chicken wings. And he's holding a chicken wing. And he looks me up and down. And he goes, isn't that the same sport coat you had on yesterday? 
And I go, I only had one season on NBC, Jerry. You might be able to afford a different jacket every night of the week, but I only had one season. And he just like shrugged and he went back to his chicken wings. And it's like, you know, a guy with that much money to like seriously look someone up and down and like criticize their clothing. There was guys in my high school that, you know, thought they were funny. That's all they did. They criticize people's, you know, some people uh-huh. don't have money. Right. Some, some people are having a tough time. Hey, I'm sorry, you know, we didn't get to fucking wash the clothes or whatever, you know. Uh, but I always thought that was really cheap when people, like, just pick apart someone's appearance. That's not comedy. That's like yeah. being a bully, what you only, know? Yeah, and it, it only works if you're not aware of the, the impact that it has on another person. Because as soon as you are aware of the impact that it has on another, on another person, and you do it anyway... Like non instigated, you start off like picking on a guy's wardrobe, you're a douchebag. Like, this, right. there's no, but in his defense, that is a style of like comedy interaction in New York. Everybody criticizes everybody and that they do it all the time. And maybe he just wanted you like to know that you were like welcome. Wow, and I took it the wrong way. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, this is possible. Let's I mean, get I've some chicken. Never heard of the guy being a dick. <laughs> no, you know? really? no. I mean, you see him interviewed a thousand times. You'd get an idea. Right. Like I bet I'm, Alec Baldwin. I'm gonna have to start watching that show. I now. could see Alec Baldwin yelling at you for something. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like Alec Baldwin <laughs> right. seems like he's a fucking hothead, tightly wound. But Jerry yeah. Seinfeld? Could you ever see Jerry Seinfeld screaming at a flight attendant? No, no, no. Yeah. I just don't think he's a dick. I don't think he's got it. He might make a snide comment here and again, but so you go back, you, you bounce right. a few okay. off. Okay, I'll let my kids watch him. <laughs> <laughs> I love Seinfeld. I like the show. I like. It. I think he's his book is good. I don't. Isn't his really? book? Just I don't get the stand up. I, I think his book hate. is just his act. Yeah. I think he transcribed But that's the thing in comedy is like always, you know. And I when I, I talked to stand up when stand up did my thing. Uh, who was it? Somebody like David Cross was rude to him once. He tells uh, a story. Yeah. It's like you you can always remember you always remember like who was a yeah. dick to you in comedy yeah. when you were coming up, you know? Yeah, I forgot that cross story that he tells. That's a fucking rough story. It's a rough story. And it was you know Well, you know, like it's guys can get douchey. You guys can get douchey. But they do, that's the thing, you walk around as a comedian and you think, Oh, we're all like, you know, brothers. No, not everybody looks at it that way. Most of us do though. The, and the ones that do are the ones that you enjoy hanging out with, the really self-obsessed, crazy ones that aren't about the camaraderie of stand-up. Those are the ones that wind up kicking themselves in the dick or stepping on their own foot. You know, there's, there's, there's the silly ones. They're the, they're the dummies. Like, you, you wouldn't be any less funny if you just weren't an asshole to your fellow comics. It wouldn't make any less funny if you didn't write an open letter to Larry the Cable Guy, okay? It wouldn't make you less funny. It's not like, you know, you're going gangster by calling out Larry the Cable Guy. Dan Whitney's a very nice guy. He's a very nice very guy. Nice guy. And I started way, out with him in Florida. Great guy. There's a lot of other fucked up shit out there in the world that you should probably be concentrating on before you concentrate on Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> it's just... Right. Larry's a nice fucking guy, and he has delicious potato chips. Mm. Really? Oh, Brian, tell he him He has even more now. Chips. I heard that he has... Not only does he, he have like flavors? delicious uh, potato chips, he has like delicious food, like hamburger helper type shit. Oh, really? He's coming oh, yeah. out with his own food products? Like, yeah. Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy has a cheeseburger potato chip. It tastes <laughs> like cheeseburgers. Exactly like cheeseburgers. <laughs> like with mustard on it no and way. relish. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> And while you're eating it, you're like, I, I'm going to eat one more, and that's it, because I think, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> I don't know what kind of voodoo they're doing on me, that a potato chip tastes like I just ate it in and out. It's very strange. So 
not in and out, but definitely Wendy's. It's it's fucking delicious. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really good. It's like you're you're eating a potato chip that tastes just like eating a cheeseburger. It's so weird, but it's gotta be bad for you. <sighs> it can't be a smart move. It can't be a smart move. I want to eat. <laughs> I'm so hungry now. Oh, I got you with the fucking Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> potato chips. But I think David Cross is just uh, he's just a volatile artist. They're the same thing that makes him great. You know, the same thing. That right. I know David. He's always been nice to yeah. me. I mean, it's always he depends on you know who you who people who people's personal your experience with personal yeah. people that you yeah. meet and deal with. You know. Yeah. Dave's never been anything. I've heard cool some people me. were dicks, and I've met them. They were the nicest people in yeah. the world, and vice versa. Dave was cool to me even after I did Fear Factor, which you know, if anybody was like taking the highbrow approach, that'd be the time to think <laughs> I was a loser. Serving people animal dicks, then I, you know, that show was a classic. It was a classic for me. I told you <laughs> the last time I was on the show that that uh, the maggot industry in this country collapsed after the show got went down. finished. Well, I'm one of the few people on earth that could say I lost a job because people had a drink cum. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that, you know, not a lot of people that could say that. Why'd you lose your last job? Uh, we were making people drink cum. Just America wasn't buying it. <laughs> Check this out. Larry the Cable Guy, lasagna, lasagna dinner. dinner. No way. And it, hey, get her done. <laughs> you want a body like mine? Look at the reviews. Oh, disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> it's the worst garbage I ever bought. In. I ever bought. In. That's the... <laughs> oh, back it up. The first one star. What is the first one star? It says, uh, does anybody remember Larry's previous lasagna recipe? <laughs> uh. I'm... I can't recommend anyone buying this product after seeing his comedy routine, a uh, comedy routine on poop lasagna. So <laughs> maybe they just were David Cross fans. He's got a lot of shit. He's got mac and cheese. He's got oh, chicken get the batter. Fuck out of here. He did have a joke okay, about poop lasagna. That's hilarious. That he's got a lasagna. <laughs> chicken, chicken, chicken batter. batter. Oh, just it's bad. Oh my god! How many well, stars does that have? Well, has, it's got five stars. Wow, on it's some got of five these. stars. Ooh. You know, you start feeling good about yourself in this business, thinking you've, you, you know. Yeah, this guy's got. This guy's. He's got, got a private food. jet because he was selling lasagna. Fish batter. Fish batter. Jesus Christ! What's crazy is they think he's like that guy. It's like you know Andrew Dice Clay, who I'm a huge fan of. When he, the Dice Man, was one of his many characters that he would do, but it was so good that he's like, "Fuck all these other characters. I'm just sticking with this whole Dice Man thing." And then he became the Dice Man. Now he's always the Dice Man. He's, but they've morphed. It's not like he's pretending to be the Dice Man. That literally is who he is now. So when he shows up with giant sunglasses on that are like, you know, like literally six inches high and he's got a fanny pack made of leather, which, by the way, I got a great fanny pack because of him. The root, people out there looking for a good fanny pack, a solid one, the Leather Roots Fanny Pack. That's the one that Andrew Dice Clay wears. But he's di- he's the dice man now. <laughs> he's he's sending his fanny pack money to Canada. What's that? Fanny pack money? Canada? Roots well, is a Canadian. Is it a Canadian? Yeah. Well, if Americans just had the balls to produce a quality <laughs> fanny pack and not be those weird vendors that, you know, uh, fun and stuff on Amazon, you're like, man, do I send them my People in England are giggling now. You know, fanny's like what they call them. Yeah, they're silly. Vagina. They're still driving on the left-hand side. They can't be, you know, you lose all your credibility when you're trying to... Like, you lose all credibility Positioning your cars so that you can use a sword. I or not. I heard that the reason they do that is because Napoleon, the conquering armies getting back to Paris, they chose the right side. So the, the left side is the loser side of the road. 
I think it's right? actually. No. I don't know if that's. That might just be some weird. Well, that mean, that's both guys. Some are old the losers, dude told then. me at a bar. So that wouldn't make any it. sense because then both guys would be the loser because they're both on the left, depending on which direction you're heading in. But back to Paris. Oh, back to Paris. Um, here's the, the thing. Uh, the one that makes sense to me is that if you're on the left-hand side, you can defend yourself with your right, which is your your strong arm. Most people are dominant right-handed, and they would be holding the sword. So that's why they would pass on the, the left-hand side. And since these are all, like, ancient cultures, you're talking about, like, England. And, Genius. I mean, they're, they're really ancient. I mean, you think about how long. I mean, you can go to a bar in England that's 900 years old. I love that. It's amazing. There's a, there's a bar in Nottingham. It's underneath the castle. It's on the, the backside, uh, and it's where uh, people would drink before they went off on the, to fight in the Crusades and shit. Wow. It's amazing. It's insane. My God. Yeah, that kind of, like, that kind of history. It's, um, you know, it makes sense that they still have that left side of the road thing. That's what they did for fucking hundreds of years. That makes sense. Then you could use your right your right. Yeah. Hand. Okay, yeah. well, then I guess that's the better side of the road. Like if you're jousting, I think, you know, that's how you do it. Only yeah. you would think of something like that. No, it's not that only. I, so I asked, you know. Oh, okay. It didn't make any sense. I was like, this seems like hey, we, American. See, I cars. asked somebody and they told me that bullshit Napoleon story, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, we've made the first cars. So it would make sense that since we decided to drive on the right, everybody would just honor that. Mm. They're like, yeah, not feeling it, lad. I'm going <laughs> to put the steering wheel on the other side. I feel a little more comfortable. I can sword swipe out my window. So they decided, even though they would have to import our automobile, because we're the ones smart enough to figure it out first, they still had to put it on the left side. Mm. That's, you know, that's also just not wanting to bow down to American dominance. You know what I'm saying, boy? A lot of them Europeans still got uh, a lot of good, shitty ideas. Good, good left friend of mine, that, uh, this guy Kevin Healy, who runs uh, the Roshan Dub, it's his cool rock club in Galway, Ireland, uh, and they do comedy there. That sounds amazing. He's a wonderful dude. I love Galway. What's the name of it? It's, it's called the Roshan Dub. It's uh, it's like fucking Celtic name. for Black Rose. I need to get a T-shirt. Can I buy one online? Pretend yeah, of course. There? Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, but he's he's funny man, and he's a really funny dude, and uh, his talking gps in his car is a british woman's voice and so i was driving around with him one day and then like i said uh take the third into the roundabout and take the third left and then like he'd drive he'd pass it and then he'd, he'd go a different way and he'd just look at me and go i ain't doing that english bitch <laughs> <laughs> brian had a girl that he was dating at one point in time who did not like that his navigation system had a girl's voice yeah she would get, get pissed jealous. off because I would like choose like the British chick voice because I thought that was the sexiest Sexy. one. It's like up ahead, you know, whatever. And she was like, "Will you please change this? Why do we have to ha- listen to her?" And like every time I would come in my car, she would like have changed. So you have a Samuel Jackson. That's what's called a healthy relationship. Take the yeah. left now. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Imagine that. that Try bringing that up to a psychologist. I, you know, he tries to make me jealous with the navigation system. Okay, <laughs> it's a girl's voice, and the girl's a whore. Okay. And I remember I, there was like, it was from Tom Tom, and I forget the, who it was. There was some kind of like sexy person that, that, uh, that they ended up like having these voice packs you could buy, like Darth Vader. And right. Was, like, what happened sex- to that? There was like, yeah. there was like a Bob Dylan one right. and different. Right. And there was a sexy one that I bought, and it just like blew the lid off her. The way to make too money. Too turn. Yeah. That's how it was. Too. You want to yeah. really make some money? Make a plug in with Joey Diaz. <laughs> Joey Diaz is telling you when to go, left, cocksucker, left. <laughs> left. What the fuck did I just say? What the fuck did I just say? Left turn, dog. Left turn, dog. <laughs> Joey Diaz. 
talking. That would be, that would be the greatest navigation system of all time. Oh, we got to find investors. That would be Why, great. How can no one's done it? Let's do My it. friend David Hurwitz did come up with an idea once, but it was um, an idea of Joey giving advice on the toilet, like little little oh. short blurbs. <laughs> yeah, I had to film it. Yeah, and he, but they called it a fat man on the toilet, which is disrespectful. You know, you got to call Joey Coco Diaz on the toilet. That's what you want. No, not fat man. It's not just because he's fat. You, you know, that was a little Joey tall, on the spot. Who's tall? You see a tall man on the toilet. You know, you don't just describe him. That was a low point in my life, Joe. Being in that small I'm ass sorry. bathroom in a hot Diaz. summer day with a Joey Diaz naked right in front of me with his balls hanging <laughs> over the toilet seat. Somehow, I don't even know how that's possible. Did you smell him at all? Oh yeah, it smelled like a big Joey Diaz. <laughs> like I mean, it smelled like balls in there. Like balls. Yeah, and then like his wife, and, uh, the, uh, the person's house is what. Like the wife would come in with lemonade and just like lemonade anyone like real nice and i'm like don't you see this guy's balls is right here like this is so creepy i felt like i was on gay porn i thought that was a i thought that was a hidden camera joke on me at the time joe because i was like how am i in doing this right now this is a joke for but it was funny i mean it was uh, joey's funny in anything he does man joey's just always funny hey did you see this uh transgender navy seal yeah kind of came out uh-uh. Yeah, it used to be a dude, this burly-looking, Evan Tanner-looking dude with a big, full beard, and uh, got a sex change and became a woman. And uh, now calls herself Warrior Princess, and just, like, went for a full sex change. I mean, she, she was, at one point in time, 20 years as a Navy SEAL, fought some of the most dangerous battlefields in the world. After she left service, she realized she wasn't living the life she wanted, wow. decided to become a woman. To so go from, like, that, you know... Uh ferocious fighting oh, yeah. to uh, soft a, sensitivity. That's, you you got to applaud that uh, person. Yeah, if that's what you want to do, for sure. It's a, you know, and um, I, I put it online and like some people like um, um, still think there was, there was an issue with a transgender MMA fighter. Uh, there was a man who became a woman and started fighting as a woman in MMA fights and, like, just brutally knocking these women out. Do you remember that, that in, in, uh, in the Thai boxing in, in the 90s? There that was, was the a, opposite. There was a guy, and then he, with his monies, got his winnings, session. he got the operations further as he went along. So well, he was really good until he, he got the sex yeah. change, and then he didn't have any testosterone anymore. He started getting beaten up by Girls people can't that weren't. Fight. <laughs> well, this uh, transgender, formerly male uh, woman, can, and she's knocked yeah. out three girls, and then she choked out another girl wow. like, recently. But there's there's certain mechanical advantages to the human body when right. it's male, when it's born with the Y chromosome, the testosterone for thirty years of his life before he became a woman. And I think that like there's that's undeniable. There's also an advantage in reaction time, like what it's ten percent across the board. Advantage in reaction time for men over women in, in like several tests. It's not like a one time thing where they, you know, got a bunch of slow chicks. Like there's something about the the just the male constitution that makes it more better adapted to certain physical things, and fighting is one of them. And it, some people, it became like this gender issue. And one of the things I found out, this is it's really fascinating. There's a rift in the feminist community. And there's feminists that hate transgenders, or should I say, don't approve of transgenders being considered a woman. They think a woman is a woman. And when a man uh, starts off life as a man, he stays a man. And, you know, the, thing, the, the idea that that, woman, that man is now a woman and can compete with women in athletics is ridiculous. And so one of the things they cite is this MMA thing where this chick is like, you know, not particularly talented, but she's just manhandling bitches. 
bitches, mm. kneeing them in the face and knocking them unconscious and putting them on the ground and putting her, her knee on people's necks and choking them out quick. And it's like, she's not fighting like the elite of the elite competition, but the way she's winning is quite convincing. And that sort of stirs the debate up. But I've never been in any way, shape, or form against anyone who wants to be a transgender. My position is only as a martial arts expert. I've been doing martial arts since I was a child. And I know that there are certain things that make someone physically more dangerous. And one of them is bone structure. It doesn't change. When you have big, giant man hands, big, giant man hands are dangerous as fuck. And little tiny hands, no matter how good you get at hitting things, they're never really that dangerous. Little tiny hands break in your face, like a woman's hand. They're not, they're not built for punching shit. you got to wrap them up good and put them mm. in pads. Otherwise, they'll just shatter on your forehead. There's a lot of things to, to, to being a man, like the way the hips are built. They, there's a mechanical advantage to using the hips that way. But that doesn't mean I'm against people being transgender. I think you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people when they do some sort of a chromosomal switch, when they, they really get into high-level genetic manipulation, and they literally can turn you into a woman. I think every man should be forced to be a woman for at least a couple of months of his life, just so he could feel what it feels like to be vulnerable, feels what it feels like to be douched on by guys. I mean, maybe if, like, you know how you have to, like... In, you, you, you live in Israel, and you have to like do like a couple of years in the service. Right. I think every man <laughs> should have to be forced to live a couple of years as a woman. Really, as a real woman. Like, oh, you're a 250-pound man? No, you're a 90-pound Chinese girl now. And this is how you're going to live your life for the next two years. Two years as a woman. So you have, like, real empathy to what it feels like to be overpowered or threatened by the opposite sex. Or the people who are, like, sexually attracted to you also being the most likely ones to take your life, you know? I think when that happens, it'd be a very strange world when you could just say, well, Tom, what are you this week? Oh, dude, I'm a black guy, and um, that would be I'm on awesome. Mount Everest. Oh, my God. Brian would be girls. i put together a funk yes. band immediately. If you could, if Brian could be anything, he would oh, be Wonder Tom, Woman. Oh, Kind of. Superwoman. Whoa. Superwoman or Wonder Woman? Superwoman. Wonder Woman had more cool shit, though. She had a jet, and she had... But I guess Superwoman could fly on her own, right? Yeah. <laughs> fly cool, pla cool places and masturbate. But yet, she never achieved the fame that Wonder Woman had. Nice. It's like, what separates Whitney Cummings from Eliza Schlesinger? What is it that makes Whitney Cummings so much more successful? That's like Wonder Woman over Superwoman. I mean, maybe Supergirl or whatever the fuck she was, maybe she was really badass, but she never got nearly the props that Wonder Woman got. Yeah, but... Wonder Woman with her jet? She's got a you jet? Do you remember the Dave Chappelle joke he used to do about that? She had an invisible no. jet. <laughs> no. no, what did he say? Hey, what's that prostitute doing up flying? Totally look like a she was wearing oh like God. the most ridiculous outfit. If you could be, if I could be any superhero, no, no, no. If between Superwoman or Wonder Woman, see, I would Linda have Carter. Remember Linda Carter? Jeez. Superwoman was blonde hair, yeah. so she wouldn't have to shave as much. Like her legs, like you know, brown hair, you have to shave more. So I think it was less maintenance to be yeah. a Superwoman. I think you're right, and I think that Wonder Woman can't even fly on her own. She needs a plane, right, and right. that's just stupid. Plus, she's got her magic she, lasso of truth, and she right, and then the the bulletproof uh, wrist yes, bands. She, she's yeah. fucking ching ching. If you can move that fast to hit bullets with your wrists, please. Like I remember, like Captain Why America, you so slow all the other times. He didn't fly either. He had like a <laughs> yeah, he was a 
just, he just had a sword. All he could do is throw his sword at you. Well, Captain America was like the ultimate roid man. Yeah. Like they created him with like a roid. It's like like a super roid. Like they shot him off. He's a little skinny guy in the movie. Is the movie the same as the comic book? I never even bothered to watch that piece of shit. It wasn't really a Captain America yeah, I, guy. I, I even though it was it. a Marvel comic. I mean, that was in my wheelhouse. But I was never really a Captain America guy. But the yeah. movie's not bad. Well, I remember Captain America in, you know, uh, when I was a kid in the, you know, 70s, 80s, looking through... He would be getting his ass beat, and then his black friend, the Falcon, <laughs> would show up. It was always <laughs> Captain America's getting his ass beat, and then his black friend. And that was like, you know, like the mid seventies, where like, you know, they're trying to like integrate like a black superhero, yeah. but they didn't want to give him his own magazine. Yeah. So then the Falcon would come in and save the day and kick everybody's ass. <laughs> the Falcon. You don't remember the Falcon? I do. Now that you brought it up, I remember it very much. That's hilarious. So uh, the all... dude who played him. Um, uh, they didn't have the Falcon. The dude who played uh, Captain America was perfect. Did you see the Avengers? That dude? The, it looks mm. like Captain America. He's the perfect guy. He's perfect. I just don't like the character at all, so I don't even bother. You know, The movie's pretty good, dude. Give it a shot. Avengers? I've seen the first no, one. No, no, no. The Captain America. Uh, no, I don't want really? I That's hate fun. Captain America. Why? Is it just because you hate patriotism and you hate America? It's That's kinda, it. It's he hates like America. That, I think. <laughs> That's it. No, is it really? Well, like I you just, hate like rah rah. The old, the old, the old Captain America with his little flags and stuff like that. I was just like, get out of here. Why do you, Why do you hate <laughs> the country that uh, you've built such a nice success off of? No, I don't hate the country. I just <laughs> his costume was dumb. His. I, don't know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. You don't want you know this the rah 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 bullshit. Right. Well, they should have just given him some better superpowers when they uh, conceived that. He was created idea. though when they in were, the fifties, yeah. during World War Two or I mean, something. That was he was supposed to be fighting against the Nazis. Like it's okay to be like super patriot guy when you're fighting against a legitimate evil army. You know, I mean that was like a legitimate evil army. But then once the United States Army becomes legitimately evil, then Captain America becomes a goofy character, and that that's the problem. It's yeah. like. It's really hard to, when you look at foreign policy and drone attacks and shit, it's really hard to think that those fucking people that are pulling off what they're pulling off, wherever the fuck we are, you know, whether it's the invasion of Iraq or any of the crazy shit they're doing, they, in fact, the, the idea that a noble man like Captain America would be rushing to their aid to save the day and right. making sure the rest of the world has oil for centuries to come. <laughs> Just dodging bullets and flying in to kick ass. Yeah, not the best one. He's not the best. The Hulk's the best, clearly. Like, there was a lot of comics that I tried to get into, like Daredevil. I tried so hard to get into Daredevil, but having a blind guy is just not that sexy. Yeah, you know? and that's all he is, right? He's just blind, and because he's blind, he like move good. He had over like better senses, Come senses on. or something. I don't here. know, and I can't remember. You need more than that to get me to buy your fucking comic book, goddammit. Silver Surfer is the one, the biggest the one I always wanted to like love, but oh, yeah. I, I, the, it never really did it for me. Like I tried so much, but that's such a cool idea for a superhero. Like a guy, you, did, you didn't get into it. I didn't get. I try. I mean, I bought him, and right. I just never got into it. Like, Spider, <laughs> He's got a like, Spider Man. Right? Spider Man was really hard for. Like I thought the stories were great. All the Spider Mans, Peter Parker, yeah. Ian Webb, all the. Do you, oh, so you mean the movie Silver Surfer? Or no, did you buy no, the comic no, books? No, comic books. I'm talking yeah, about comic I, books. I feel the same way. Like, when I got Silver Surfer comic books, I would be like, ooh, a new Silver Surfer's out. Check it out. And then I'd be like, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. It sucked. They yeah. sucked. Whereas, like, Spider-Man was always legit. Yeah. Spider-Man always had X-Men. Always le- X-Men, yeah, X-Men had some of the too. best storylines ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had some epic storylines with Phoenix, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was a great, great comic book era. That was, that was the real shit, man. Yeah. Dorks? 
Dorks? How many people listening right dorks? now were like, dorks? That was one of the saddest things that I had to do when I was starving to death, uh, was sell my comic man. book collection. Mm. Needed the money, man. I had nothing. And that's all I had left. So some comic books that I accumulated over, you know, mm. ten, 10 years of life out there in the world. I've been re-downloading a lot lately on using, like, the Marvel app. You can just sit there and be like, I want every episode of Hulk oh, download. Yeah. <laughs> comic books, like physical comic books, are badass, but the best experience is on an iPad. Yeah. Get that Marvel app on yeah. the iPad, and they go frame to frame. Yep. It's the it best way, because in. you don't see what's next. And then, you know, like the, you never see a comic book where you see, you know, you always see every page. You see it right in front of you. As you're changing the page, you see the left That's, page, you see yeah. the right page, you see what's coming. With these apps, he just goes goes frame Pretty to frame. Cool. And it cool. zooms in real quick, kind of like a movie. Did you ever think that you'd be like pushing fucking 40 and still talking about comic books? Yeah. <laughs> you never appear, uh, anticipated a, a period of uh, golfing? No. Joe, I posted a, 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 a test the other day. I don't know if you saw this. This is a friend of mine told me to take it. And it's something that I guess a lot of people take in college. And I it's like 50 questions, and I ended up taking it. And wow, how crazy, like horoscope wise, like how crazy accurate, accurate it is. And, really? and if you just read uh, what, let me see what it's called, if I can find it real quick. Um, if you if you do it, I'm really wondering what it is. But I asked what everybody uh, else was, and they were all the same. Like they, almost every single person wrote back, like I took the test, I'm a INTSP or whatever it was. Huh. And that's like the smallest percentage of people. In the world is this group of people that all are following me on Twitter. So it was really weird. Here's the test that you can go Wait to. Wait a minute. What, what is the um, the distinguishing factor that makes them like a really small group? I don't know. It's just like you, you see. Go th- I'm I'm ESFP, and I guess the test is based on some kind of old school. Well, let me try to find it. Hmm. Oh, it's called the Jung. This typology. is an elaborate way for you to plug your Twitter. Young. No, the Jung <laughs> typology test. Did you ever take this? Carl Jung? Yeah, yeah. Carl Jung. And so I took this, and you can go to, like, humanmetrics.com, and it's around there. But I took this test, and just look at this, like, description of me. Uh, it's uh, Extroverted sensing, what does it say? What is it above? Extroverted sensing, sensing feeling, perceiving. perceiving. And see, hmm. what it does is it tells you, like, here's all the different ones that you can be. And it tells you go down... Uh, uh, like ESFPs love to talk to people about people. Some of the most colorful storytellers are ESFPs. Like, like you go through huh. this thing, and then you, they, you can even get more accurate. And you, they have like these horoscopes that are really like, whoa, that's intense. That's fascinating. You know what the problem with these things is, though? The problem with these tests is that you know you're taking a test. Yeah. Well, here's another thing that famous ESFPs. Uh, so you would give them the answer to the hmm. simulation yeah. theory. Well, Bob Hope. Bob Hope. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, it's just, you know what it is? You, you, when you know you're taking a test, you might not necessarily reveal the way you would respond to something on a, a regular basis had you not been measuring it. Yeah, but the questions are pretty basic questions. Like yeah. if you go like, like uh, you know how to put every minute of your time to good purpose. No, I definitely do not know how to do that. You know, so it's, you know, are you a person somewhat reserved and distance and communication? Uh, I would say, yeah, besides podcasts, you know, it's just, you know. Yes and no. It's not your that. actions are frequently influenced by emotions. Yes, definitely. You usually plan your actions in advance. Yeah, but see, those are no. those those are things you could decide what so sounds times, better. With a group of people attending parties, shop. Yes, you could decide. They seem pretty like non-judgmental, which right. is I think important if you're going to really uh, have something like that and have it be accurate. But I would imagine that would be very hard to like get a sense of someone's 
personality like that. I, 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 try it out. I would really I'll be interested because I, I read it and it blew my mind. I was like, no fucking way. Because I've been getting into that shit. You know what videos. drives me nuts, man? When someone tells me they talk to a psychic and the psychic knew everything about me, man. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, man, the psychic. Dude, he knew he knew about my grandma. Okay, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. When Is it love, a name that begins with? Those are great. A letter. Uh, <laughs> Was she uh, a woman? Okay. okay. Where'd you say you were from Boston? She she's from the East Coast. How'd you know? I just knew. Since your grandmother was on the East Coast. Um was your father alive? No, he wasn't. I didn't think he was. No. No. Yes, he was alive. Yes, that's right. He was alive. Your father was alive. I see that. It's amazing. You see so much. You know, we'll have a gift of sight. And these cards help me. These cards, these random cards with drawings on them. They help me. To help me see. What's hilarious is that no one ever finds out any new shit. They just tell you shit you already know, you fuck. Like, you know, dude, he, he knew all about my grandmother. Don't you know all about your grandmother? Jesus Christ, son. Why <laughs> Why did you go somewhere to tell you that green is green? See that color green? It's green. I don't, there's, there's no better, there's no better um, forecast for the future than uh, Chinese fortune cookies. <laughs> I've based my life off that. I had one uh, a couple months ago It said... You are going to come into a lot of money soon. Mm. I took it to the bank. I was like, "Can I get an advance?" That's a, a cat skills joke. <laughs> How about the people that take them and they the really good ones? They save in their wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show you market. guys. You'll fucking doubt me. Trust me. This, this well, there's like modern product. ones. There's different. Uh, yeah, Why would they make change. new ones? Just keep those fucking dumb. It's just like the ones. lottery. Throw this. But it's like the horoscope, scripts. you know. The... Who cares? People are always going to eat Chinese food. It's delicious. Throw that stupid shit in there. Some of them they are not. You know, fortune cookies were fortunes. invented in San Francisco in like 1902. Makes sense. I went to China. I was like, man, where's my fortune cookie? You don't. You don't get <gasps> fortune cookies. They there. never carried it over. Uh-uh. Well, that's you know, Chinese aren't really innovators. You know, they are. They they copy. I would think that they would make a better Chinese fortune cookie. They'd be like, look, you know, you guys, you had it down, but... Hologram. Doesn't, yeah, it's not... It's going. got your dead father on it. It should, it should make a noise. <laughs> yeah, but don't they always make the cheap shit, like the, the, the cheap knockoff versions? Like, they're never making, like, the iPhone. They're always making, like, the, the iPhoner. Well, they actually make iPhones there. Yeah, I mean, it's China's the yeah. massive industry. They make, they, a lot they, of they make a lot of shit in China. I yeah, think... the, the iPhone factory, they got the nets around it because all these people were yeah. committing suicide. Yeah. And that's... their answer was... Uh, Hey, get back to work. <laughs> that, that's based on Apple specs. I'm talking about like all the other company out companies out there, you know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. There's a lot of cheap shit. They, yeah, I mean, made in China was yeah. always like a yeah. statement. Right. Like where where else are you gonna get refrigerator magnets and yeah. snow domes? And I looked at it and it said made in China. Boink, boink, boink. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they also make some fucking pretty dope shit. What's really funny is that. That uh, that company, the uh, that where people were jumping off the roof. What was it called again? Foxconn. 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 The the argument was this. I actually saw a guy saying this. He was saying, "Well, you, you have to realize that this is an enormous company, and the percentage of people that are committing suicide is commensurate with the percentage of people in a normal population of that many. You're talking about a company that employs a half a million people. Yeah, but they're killing themselves at work. Right." At work. They get, live at work. They live at work? They're killing... I mean, is it... Are you really... Can you really say that? They're right. like a regular population? They just wanted an extra pee break. And 
they just get nothing. They get very little money, and they claw and scratch. Just the fact that we still allow that. Someone's kind of come up with something called the uh, fair phone. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Pull it up. Fair phone. Yeah, it's a, a phone they're trying to do. It's a uh, you son of a bitch, <laughs> Michael Douglas. It's a uh, it's a uh, an Android phone, and um, I think the idea is that they can trace the origins of all the resources that are in the phone, minerals and such, and show you that it's all been acquired through fair trade. And there hasn't been any slave labor used, and you know. That sounds like a boring phone to me. Well, they can't. It's not even going to have 4G. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, it looks like a regular Android phone. What is their uh, their their spiel? Does um, it say? Chainsaw products are made by starting with a single phone. Together, we're opening up the supply chain and redefining the economy one step at a time. I love the idea. I think the idea is amazing. You know, but you got to have 4G, stupid. How dare you? How dare you put out a phone in 2013 and say, well, 4LTE was problematic. Then your fucking phone is problematic. Because I would jump on. Everybody would jump on. You could do it, man. Just make it 4G, silly. Get the funding up. Get a Kickstarter like Graham Hancock. He doesn't have a Kickstarter. Alex Gray. Sorry. Sorry, Graham. Alex Gray's Kickstarter hit $250,000. Mm. Hmm. So that Entheon thing that he's, you know, Alex. Gray What's is? he making? You know, Alex Gray is the visionary artist. He's really psychedelic, crazy tryptamine art. You, you never seen his stuff? Mm-mm. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, here it is. Like this, this. See this visions book? That's all Alex Gray. Oh, cool. Have you ever seen that stuff before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so. sure you have. But uh, he's um, creating that, like the cover of this uh, um, visions book. He's creating something that's. Uh, that's beautiful. That cover. Yeah, he's creating something really similar to this, like this style of art, like this style of thing, as a building. He's going to have a religious building called the Entheon that's like this non-denominational, wow. spiritual sort of building that he's putting together. And he's going to house it inside this building that's created essentially out of psychedelic art. And he did a Kickstarter and offered a lot of really cool shit, including painting people's personal or drawing people's personal pictures, drawing drawing a, an Alex Gray version of them and a lot of cool shit. Right? I need to do a Kickstarter to get a condo somewhere nice in like Malibu <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, That's like, not uh, how you do you get, I'll make it spiritual if you want me to. We could all you know, smoke weed there if you want. <clears throat> well, <laughs> thousand bucks. You get to crash on the yeah, couch once. On. That's right. That, that's not how Kickstarters work, son. They have to get something out of it, too. Well, I'll film it, and you guys can all download me and my new condo in Malibu. <laughs> Sucking dick. What did you say? <laughs> Suck a dick? Oh. Sucking dick. Brian, Never mind. just think about what you're saying, and then count to three. One. <laughs> and then two, stay stay with the thought three. and go, is this worth saying? I mean, you can't, um, you can't just have a Kickstarter to get yourself a condo, son. No, you can't. What you can do is you could say, hey, I'm making a documentary about me getting a super sick condo <laughs> in Malibu <laughs> and I need 300 and no well, $500,000 to I tell you what movie. Brian nobody would see that coming that is basically bulletproof and uh, no one would ever call scam they would say hey you're just doing this so that you could get this super dope condo our buddy uh John uh, has a nice kickstarter John Le Joie? Uh, yeah Le how Joy? to become uh, how do you say what is his uh Le joie. Le joie. Le joie. Uh, it's to, uh, for him to become super rich. That's the whole Kickstarter. Hi, I'm John Lejoie. You may recognize me from my popular YouTube videos, televisions of the league, or simply as someone you admire and envy because I'm awesome and famous. 
My fans come up to me all the time and ask me, John, when are you gonna make a movie? And my answer is always the same. It's bodyguards beat the shit out of this gross poor person who's not addressing me as Sir LeJoie. The second most common question I get from my fans okay, is... Okay, stop right there. <clears throat> if I was his friend, I'd say edit that. <laughs> what was yeah? What was that part? I didn't get what that part was. Cut that out. The part's called not funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> made a swing. Didn't work. He's a funny guy. You know, we all fucking throw turds up there. <laughs> See what he's trying to do. Didn't work. Oh man, okay. you were great the last time I saw you at the the Laugh Factory. It was like six months ago. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, and that you did fun. that that big bit about the the horse fuck video. God damn, it was. I was great. just there. It was like a ten minute bit. It was great. <laughs> I was just there, and it's called Enum Claw. Oh, really? I was just there. Yeah, and they're all very embarrassed about it. It's really interesting. They got like, like proud uh, people. Brass plaques up marking. Well, it's a real rural area. It's at the base of uh, a mountain. I think it's Mount Rainier. Mm. It's a, the. It's one of those uh, mountain communities, and they were really bummed out that they're. <laughs> their town is known yeah. for that now like you ask them about it they, there's a few like really nice there's a place called Charlie's shout out to Charlie's the best fucking pancakes you'll ever eat in your life man yeah. in Enumclaw pretty fucking dynamite it's like a real like home cooking place we were up there looking for Bigfoot for this new show I'm doing oh yeah we're looking for Bigfoot isn't the definition of looking there has to be something that actually f- See, <clears throat> Brian, you're not the expert of everything. If it doesn't exist. You're not looking. <laughs> oh, you say it doesn't exist, but how do you know? That's like looking for ghosts. You can't really look for one if they don't exist. But you can. You can go look for ghosts. It doesn't mean you're going to find a ghost. But if there are ghosts occasionally and you're not looking, you're never going to find them. And if you're living your whole life never seeing a ghost, you're like, there's no fucking ghost. And then one day. You see a ghost, you shit yourself, and you don't have a picture of it, you can never explain it, you try to tell people, and they're like, yeah, you saw a ghost. Because no one's going to ever believe anything that they haven't seen themselves. Unless you can show me a picture of it, unless you can show me, I don't even believe in quantum theory. You know why? Because you can't show it to me. I don't know what you're doing. I see all those lines and squiggles. I believe you're correct. I would never doubt, but I don't, I have no idea if that's real. I have no idea if that's real. But Bigfoot, I think he's real. No, you do not. I think he's real, Tom Rhodes. I'll tell you what, man. Hey, man. If anything's real. You're, you're entitled to that. If anything's real. I think Eddie Murphy's a better actor than Denzel Washington. Whoa. <laughs> what the? Are you being serious or are you just being I silly? Think, I think we all have, we're all entitled serious? to our opinions. <laughs> you're serious or you're being silly? Because Eddie Murphy can act his dick dog. He just doesn't do it very often. I think he acted it already. I bet he did his best acting when the cops asked him why that tranny was in his car. <laughs> Go and do a little character uh, research. That's you do a little the character research. Be- I was taking him home, officer. That is a homeless tranny. Explain yourself. <laughs> but I, I guarantee you that. I mean, look at how good he was in um, uh, the, the Nick Nolte, 48 Hours. He's fucking great, great in that movie. Great, great. as an actor as yeah. well. Like, not just great as a bad guy. And you know what else? He's Coming really to America. What was he, like four different characters or something? That, and I'm not endorsing this movie in any way, shape, or form, but that Ben Stiller movie about uh, the, the robbery, the fucking, it was on the top floor penthouse something oh yeah it was like a couple couple years ago right what the hell was that called the heist tower heist tower heist not a bad movie it really wasn't it got took a lot of shit it was pretty fucking the premise is ridiculous but eddie murphy's a badass fucking actor like you forget how subtle he is like how he can pull shit off though you know it's really sad that all that tranny shit went down because when that tranny shit went down eddie murphy stopped doing stand-up 
Mm. You know, he did Raw, and <clears> then, you know, he kind of, like, just went to movies. And maybe he would have went back No, I think it had been, like, ten years forth. since after Raw and then the tranny thing. Was it? Yeah, it was, okay. a, it was a long... Maybe my timeline's wrong. But I just feel like, you know, maybe he would have gone back to it if it wasn't I wish that. he would have. That's why I was excited when he was going to host the Oscars. That, like, yeah. just give us a hint of it, Eddie. Just a couple of minutes. Well, this is the truth. When Raw came out, and I was, uh, I don't know how old I was. I guess I was probably 18 or something like that. I don't remember. Somewhere around that. Somewhere around the teenage years. And I remember seeing Raw on TV and... Me and my friends were fucking crying. We were crying. And it doesn't totally hold up today because a lot of the premises have been, like, beaten down since then. A lot right, of... right. But I remember that was but... an event when it came oh. out. It was in the theaters. Oh. But but coming off of Delirious, Delirious was so strong. Oh, you know what? Every right. moment. And then it was like he had gotten money. And then he's telling stories about bodyguards I and meant Bill Delirious. Cosby. I actually meant Delirious. Delirious. I should have said that because yeah, I thought... Delirious was the TV one. That was the HBO yeah, one. Where he's in the Raw red suit. Raw was the movie. Raw's the movie, yeah. and he's got the blue yeah. suit. No, I definitely meant okay. delirious. I, I said was the thinking, wrong thing. You man. and your friends were really yeah. no Raw. See, Raw was not that good. That was a, that's a no. That was like that was like when rap guys get too much money. Yeah. When the rap guys come out, they're great. The first three albums are from the street. They got yeah. the message, and then like the third, fourth album, dude who's gonna clean my pool is late. Right. You know, uh, there's something <laughs> about money that takes the sting out of a lot of people, and then well, it's also and then the, he the life the... you live changes radically. Yeah, you know, the life you live as a comedian, there's got to be some folly in it. You know, and when everyone's just lining up to suck your dick and pay you in diamonds, there's not a lot of yeah. folly. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's. Wearing... Did you see that that Eddie Murphy thing? It was on Comedy Central. They um, they did some like you know honor him evening. Oh yeah, and who was it? Told this great story. Um, Oh my God, I forget. It's, uh, but it, it, I guess it was Arsenio Hall or something. And some woman comes over. They're at like some black club, and some white woman comes over to Eddie Murphy and goes, "Eddie, Eddie, I love you. I've never, I never uh, kissed a, a a black man before. Can I kiss you?" And he goes, "No." Nah. He goes, "You, he goes, you don't start at the top. You got to start with one of these poor <laughs> dudes." Oh, that's funny. Uh, Eddie Murphy. You can't start at the top, baby. Delirious, you know, before Delirious, he had a CD. I don't even think a CD. I think it was a cassette. But he had a cassette that was really good. I think maybe even better than Delirious because mm. it was really like low pressure. I still give Delirious hype. as a gift. I get I get a little nephew, man, and he he likes comedy. And then like Delirious little so like teenage good. kids and stuff. They want to like, uh, you know, they ask me, you know, who should I who should I study? I always say, here's Delirious. Let's start yeah. start here. <laughs> you know, if you're like a teenager and you're not really. Yeah. Into radical shit yet? You just into solid funny? It's too bad that he stopped. You know, it's interesting. You know, there was also, it's just. Uh, I'm I'm sure when you're probably the number one comedy movie star in the world, like it's probably really hard to get up a desire to go write and create new jokes, and they're probably just constantly shoving movies down his face back then. You know, he right. went after Forty Eight Hours, and I mean, he was gigantic. Mm -hmm. Do you know how gigantic he was? I like to party all the time. Party all the time. No, it's my party girl wants to. The guy had a hit song. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and a dance song. It was a hit song about his girl who likes to party all the time. <laughs> that is a drag, man. If you're dating a girl and she just wants to go out all the time and dance and party. Mm. I've I don't like the friends. dancing shit. But I've had friends out. break up with girls because they just want to party all the time. Mm. <laughs> They're like, listen, okay, you're you're escaping something here. We can't do coke seven nights in a row, all right? <laughs> you, you, need to, you need to take a nap. 
need to get a, a help wanted. Look, pick up that. Find an occupation. You can't just be out there partying. Or you can. If you got a, if you got an act, you know, travel the country, Tom Road style, just go gangster. <laughs> just tell it road to road. I'm glad you clarified that. You're like, you can't party all the time. I'm like, oh. He parties really? all the time. <laughs> Do you ever think that uh, you're going to settle down in a city? Yeah, I'm considering a few places. What are you considering? Uh, I'd like to move back to San Francisco and just, uh, you know, just, I mean, just creating jokes. That's yeah. the, uh, you know, that's the main mission. Yeah. And, and uh, I like that, the you know, the tech industry is based out of there. And I think, you know, uh, things are moving. I think the, the future, I mean, like you can be your own movie mogul yeah. studio now. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I think, um, um, you know. It's a lot of entertainment. Yeah, no, there certainly is. I think that's a that's a great place to do stand up. It's also a lot of fucking smart people there. It's a good audience. And I like when I come to LA, I like staying in nice hotels. Mm. You know, something about living here and paying rent. I don't know. Maybe I haven't lived in the right neighborhood. Can I crash at your place for a couple months? No. <laughs> Sorry. I'll no. sweep the helicopter pad every you, you once in a while. You won't get along with the family. <laughs> They'll be like, this guy's just he's gonna draw you to the dark side. Don't worry, my will is strong. Uh, I'm kidding. I uh, kidding. I don't know. And then also, you know, then New Orleans is a place that I would. I, New Orleans is a beautiful town. That's a wild it's, town. Yeah, it's a that's a free town. There, that's like almost like you should have a passport to go to New Orleans. It seems like some sort of Caribbean island you just drop off into. It's right. connected to the rest of the country. You know, and then again, uh, I, I I wouldn't mind moving back to to Amsterdam or Europe. Maybe mm. you know, get a place and. What, what about for your, for your stand-up? What do you think would be the best place? Do you like to have a home club to work out of? No, but I, you know, I love the Stanhope model. You know, he works his ass off for like two or three months, mm -hmm. and then he'll take a month off. You know, go home. He'll take several months off yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and I, I like that. I like that he does yeah. that. Where I'm, I'll only take a week or two off. You right. know, uh, I like that notion. Stanhope's yeah. doing it the perfect way. Yeah, he's so. I mean, so so with that in mind, you could live anywhere. You know, yeah. you, you know, why not have a place in Greece? Or in yeah, uh, sure. south of France, or in, you know more travel time. That's that's the pain of the dick. And some people like to have uh, a club that's close that they can fuck around and practice at. Like when I lived in Boulder, I was doing the comedy works in Denver. It's only like an hour and a half from where I live. It's pretty easy. Drive down there, boom, do a set, get right back to the wilderness. You know, it's right. like that way you get sort of the best of both worlds type situation going on. You know. I think that uh, a home club is nice. It's nice to have a spot. So, like, where Stanhope is out in Bisbee, there's no fucking club. So that crazy asshole just do a show in his backyard. Right, 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 some, right, right. Set up some speakers, <laughs> plug the mic in. <laughs> he did a show in Vegas in some dude's backyard. There was a guy in Vegas, some kid, who was hiring comedians to do shows in his yard and have his friends come over. And uh, kids, it, it was brilliant. supposed to be a great gig. Stand up, yeah, you heard about it, right? Stand up said it was awesome. Yeah, and that, like he got guy got shut down by like city ordinances or something. Yeah, he didn't have the proper permits. What a bummer! What the fuck is that? Wonder what the proper permits are. Well, then you could shut down lemonade stands. You know, so you don't you don't have a permit, kid. Right, but you don't want anybody throwing like crazy late night parties in your, in the backyard next to you. That would suck. <laughs> like, what if they were playing bad rap music? Like, you're cool with it if it's stand up. And it's funny, like it's Stanhope doing right, stand up. Right, right, but right. But what right. if it was some terrible, what, 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 how can you me? What, what, how can you me? You know, you see, do, 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 do,
Maybe that's how they feel about Stanhope talking about AIDS. When I uh, <laughs> when I uh, <laughs> turned sixteen, my parents made the tactical error of going out of town that weekend, and I threw one of the biggest parties Oviedo High School had ever seen. And there were just cars parked all down the block and just massive party and people just, you know, uh, drinking all night. And I, I was uh, talking to like three of the hottest girls in my school in our living room. And this guy vomits on the on our living room carpet. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? I'm going to get down on my hands and knees, you know, in the middle of this party with uh, these girls that I, I, I care about. Uh, you know, watch me clean some vomit. Uh-uh. So what'd you do? Sprinkled some dog food on it, let the dog in the house. No! <laughs> did you really? Oh, you fucking foul human being. Why would you want a dog to be drinking bile <laughs> like was, that? That's so disgusting. It was uh, the cleanest carpet ever. I hope that dog haunted you with dog farts <laughs> from <laughs> hell. Gross. That poor dog lying there with it stomach indigestion. Come on. Ripping genius. horrible farts. Bile farts. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse when you, you hear your dog's fart and you look over at him. You're like, "Come on, man, for real." Hey, that's when a dog is comfortable with you. They're always comfortable with you, man. They never hold in farts. That's just something about dogs. They've never figured it out. You yell at them when they fart. They never put two and two together. Like, what the fuck are you yelling at, man? I'm just over here doing my thing. I'm just being me. I didn't even move. Fucking stinky bitch. You ever have a dog wake you up with a fart? Mm-mm. My dogs used to fart so bad. I'd be in bed. I'd be like, "Oh God, what the fuck!" It was like I was eating shit in bed, you know. Especially if you feed them wet food, that's the key. Dogs love that wet food, but that wet food would just just all gels together and stomach and the fermentation process. And when it comes out, just oh, you just you feel it. You feel it before you even smell it. I don't know how we got to subject wet dog, dog, dog farts. farts. If you like dogs, you got to deal with that. It's a weird thing that we have certain animals that we, we, we cherish and certain animals that we just, you know, we slaughter on a regular basis and they're clearly defined. And when we step outside of those lines, people get really upset. I was watching this thing on um, uh, TV where they, uh, it was in the, um, one of the uh, British papers. They were showing these, this, the latest trend is can the lion hunts. Oh, I just saw that on yeah. The Guardian. Yeah, The Guardian, that's what it was. Yeah, I love so, The Guardian. Yeah, it's really crazy. If you haven't seen it, they raise these And it's the disgusting. It's such a, did you see that? It was on mm-hmm. today's, in today's Guardian on their website. Yes. Uh, and it was this beautiful lion. Yeah, yeah. This massive lion. And the guy standing there with, like, with his rifle. Stick underneath oh, it. Yeah. Well, what's really crazy is this is this not even a wild lion that's inside of a fence. These are hand-raised lions. Mm. So what they do is they take them from their mother, like, mm. right away. Wow. And all they see is people. They see lion cubs and people. And the people provide them food and the people pet them. So that's how you train these lions to be more docile. Mm. So that's how when people are wandering around shooting these lions, yeah. these lions aren't stalking them and killing them. Because these lions associate people with being, like, their parents. So this is like one of the weirdest, strangest sort of canned hunts ever because it's like shooting big dogs. It's really similar to shooting yeah, big dogs. What's the sport in that, you know? If you see how these lions are with the people that are in this, uh, this park, before they send them to this park, there's another co- company that's a farm that grows these lions. 
and they take them away from their mom, and mm. then they feed them with bottles, and they're cuddling with them and shit. And then when they get full grown, then they let them loose in this park. And it's just this big, giant, fenced-in place, and the lions are walking around, and then they let loose the white people. And the white people come in with these guns, and they set up, and there's like four or five guys Fucking shooting at the people. lions. Because the lion makes it charge. When you shoot them, if you hurt them, they'll fucking charge at you. They know what happened. And so you got to like have like four or five dudes at the same time shooting. Yeah. So watch this. Like The, the lion's just oh, sitting there chilling. Good. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, oh look. Oh, see? No. He shot at him and missed. The lion doesn't oh, know what the fuck's shit. going on. The lion doesn't recognize him oh, as a threat no. at all. And then now oh, he hit him. So now the lion's running at oh, him. Shit. And then they drop the camera because the lion hit with a bullet. Okay? It's dying. But it's running at them, so they oh, just start at firing dudes. at it as oh, it's my, running. These fat white men. Well, this is so crazy because oh, this is disgusting. this is not even something that oh. you you would eat for food. And they're pretending that this is the the dangerous game. They're pretending that this is the they're the great white hunter, and they're out there taking down a lion. And then they you know right. they have it in their home. Look, this is a lion I shot. While I was in Africa. Oh, Jesus. But really, they've done, they've taken the balls out of lion hunting. Right. See, look, there's four guys with rifles. Yeah. I remember I went to, I was in Sevilla, Spain, and uh, I went to the bullfights. I had seen it once in, in Mexico, and it was one dude versus a bull, you know, yeah. and uh, I had read Hemingway's Death in the Afternoon. <laughs> thought it was like, you know, manly. It was like the minor leagues of bullfighting. There was four guys against one bull. One guy goes out there with the red cape. And then another dude sneaks up behind it with the prongs and sticks yeah. it in it. And I got upset. I, it was like the most cowardly chicken shit stuff I had ever seen in my life. And that's what that lion thing reminds me of. It's like, yeah. really? Four guys with it's, rifles? Isn't those things they jab in the bull, aren't they poison as well? Hmm. I don't know. I didn't think so. I thought Are it was they just... poison, Brian? Yeah. What's that? Those things they jab in a bull during a bullfighting? Aren't they, don't, don't they have poison in them? I don't know. I don't know. I'm there. I think they do, but either way, they're stabbing him and you know fucking him up. He's hurt bad. Yeah, it's that that line thing is disturbing. It's really disturbing. Which just shows how weak people are. It's just such a weird thing to want to. Well, it just shows you that everything somewhere. is for sale. You yeah. can you, you can have any experience you want if you're, if well, you're they, flush. They, they've appealed to the weakest of of people. You know, the people that would want to go there just to shoot something and say they shot it. And so you're shooting a pet. I mean, essentially, that's a, a pet that's been let loose. And the, the fact that they're trying... Look at this. The little hot dog is licking a lion. Oh. You know? Oh, <laughs> that's adorable. Something. I had to see something oh, good. Oh, that's adorable. The the, you know, like like that lion clearly is not a fucking... Da- I mean, if what you went in his cage... What a beautiful creature, man. If you went in his cage, it would probably fuck your world up if you wanted to. And you know, the man lion uh, is pretty lazy. He's just lie around yeah. and fuck all the time. The woman lion does all the hunting, right? Yeah, if he's well fed. The male lion is there to defend, to make sure that he protects... The uh, the females and the cubs against other males that will come in and try to rough everybody up and eat all the babies. That's uh, when a new male comes in, the big male has to be able to keep that male out because if that male gets in, it's very likely he's going to kill all the cubs if they're not his. Mm. He'll just dominate, take over, start fucking all these chicks again and kill all their babies. So that's what the male is supposed to do. Wow. The male is supposed to just take care of everything and fight off hyenas. There you go, lions. What I want. <laughs> Just sad, man. It's, Just, it's, it's, it's edutainment. It's sad that people would want to do that. that they would actually want to go and shoot some something that's a basically a pet, mm-hmm. and in a, this fenced-in area. It's you know we've we talked about uh, Ted Nugent on the show before. Ted Nugent has a show called The Spirit of the Wild. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fascinating. 
Um, and he has uh, these ranches, two of them, one up in Minnesota and one in Texas, where there's a fenced-in ranch with all these deer running around on it. And he sits up in a tree, and he puts food out, and the deer walk up to the food, and, bing, and sticks him with a bow and arrow. With his bow hunting. Yeah, but he eats all the meat. I mean, that's all he eats, and he enjoys doing it, and, you know, it's all his property. Deer you know? meat makes you very flatulent. So he's a... Does it? He's a... Where'd you hear that? I, haven't you ever had venison? Yeah, I have. It lights the butthole up. Hmm, maybe that's a personal thing. <laughs> I've revealed too much about myself. What makes me flatulent is milk. milk ice Ooh. cream. Ice cream will make wow. me have horrible farts. I did, uh, what was it, Politically Incorrect, when it was on Comedy Central years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, when Bill Maher was first, you know, yeah. had his first version of his show with Ted Nugent. Uh. And so nobody got in an edge uh, word, in word edgewise because right. he's just he just dominated the ball. Yeah. And afterwards, we're in the green room. And he comes up to me, and he puts his arm around me, and he says, Tom, uh, I like you, man, and uh, I, I want you to, to, to have my, my magazine. And, he, and he's, he's got the magazine in his left hand, and he's got his right arm around me. It's called it's, 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 uh, Ted Nugent's Bow Hunting Magazine. He goes, now, Tom, this magazine is more than about bow hunting. This is about you and who you are as a man and getting in touch with your, your inner being. <laughs> I read the fucking magazine from cover to cover. It was about bow hunting. <laughs> it had nothing to do with me. Well, to him, that's what bow hunting is about. Bow hunting is about some spiritual quest, you know, to tap into the, the essence of the wa- the wilderness. Right. Well, Even he if he does it with an arrow, that's kind of yeah. that's old school. Well, it is. He's uh, I mean, he's really good at what is that song? Oh, that's right. Why must we eat the animals? That's right. This is a real video, by the way. This is a white guy, and this is a vegan reggae song. Oh, wow. And if this doesn't make you both laugh and want to get violent, look at this. <laughs> you got to see the video, too. Look at how fucking hilarious this is. <laughs> why must we eat the animals? When I was New- when I was in New Zealand, I there was a billboard for something. I don't know if it was a restaurant or something, but it said, uh, if it didn't have a mother, it doesn't go on our grill. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they won't even cook beans. <laughs> they, won't even, they won't even grill zucchini. Get the fuck out of here with this. This guy's hilarious. Yeah, well, but, and he's showing like things in this video that people don't eat, like big, you yeah. know, like they're showing like whales. whales. Well, giraffe. <laughs> Japanese people do hunt oh the God. whales. And he's like, got the cow here. You know, here's the real problem with this philosophy. If you really did that, do you know how many people would get sick from poor nutrition? First of all, they already are, right? So that's a bad argument. But the real issue is, what are you going to do with all these animals now? Because if you're not killing them, you better introduce some predators into the food chain. Because otherwise, you're going to have deer everywhere. You're not going to be able to drive. You're not going to. Cows are going to be all over. You're going to keep them from fucking. You're going to castrate them. You're going to. What are you going to do? How are you going to? How are you going to neuter them? How are you going to manage the population? Are you going to kill a few? 
What do you do then? You don't eat the meat. That seems pretty ridiculous when people are starving the world and you're shipping, shipping them boxes of fresh vegetables that are rotting. My favorite sandwich is the BLT. It's a great sandwich. How are you going to... It's you a gonna, great sandwich. You going to take away bacon? Dude, I've been eating the fuck out of bacon lately. Mm-hmm. Bacon's good for you. I went back to bacon. Fuck yeah, you did. I, I had like <laughs> my father was a bacon historian. Like started eating turkey bacon, and I was like, "Oh, this tastes good enough, man." Fuck that. Yeah. Good fat bacon, like re- like freshly sliced bacon, not like the the Oscar Mayer packs that you can buy. But you know like, what's like, the shit? Oh, you're hardcore. You're uh, yeah. you're the boar's head at like, the uh, deli. Thing. Oh, you bacon. get that bacon have you out of the glass it? case. You ever get the bacon they have at the um, at Whole Foods? Yes. <sighs> They get that fat, yeah, bacon. fat bacon. You got to go Rob Wolf style, though, dude. You got to cook it slow. You got to get a big frying pan and cook it slow. He does it on like some electrical jammy, but he cooks his bacon for like three hours. Whoa. Yeah, but when you do it that way, like if you ever go to like a Four Seasons and you eat at the buffet and you get that bacon, you're like, how the fuck are they doing this? Because my bacon's always fucked up and twisted. <laughs> but their bacon is like consistent and a rich brown and it's so perfect. It's because they're slow cooking that bitch. <laughs> slow cooking that bitch. I'm going to go get some bacon right now. This podcast is over. Tom Rhodes, you're a bad motherfucker. Love you, Joey. I'm glad we're friends. I Thanks, love you too, buddy. Respect. Yeah, respect. And please, let's do this more often. It's ridiculous. I totally I, I you love your show, man. And then, and you know, it's... Uh, you're coming on again, all right, you fuck? I love you, baby. I love you too, man. All right, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. We appreciate the shit out of you. Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring the podcast. Go to Audible.com forward slash Joe and get yourself free 30 days of service and one free audiobook, the premier audio resource on the internet. I love audible.com. They're a fucking fantastic company. Go go check them out. We're also brought to you by Hover. If you uh, go to hover.com forward slash Rogan, you will save 10% off any of your domain name registrations. We're also brought to you by onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. We are gone until uh, Thursday night. And Thursday night, I'm going to be doing a special uh, after I get off work. A guy with Kelly Starrett, and Kelly is a uh, a he's growing to be very popular on the internet with uh, re- some really excellent ideas about maintaining your body, taking care of injuries and shit. So we're going to talk to him about about the the human anatomy. We're going to get down and dirty about muscles and tendons and ligaments and shit and discs. Um, and then uh, Monday we'll be back with Bobcat Goldweight, and uh, we got some other cool cool guests. Next week. All right, you fucks. We love the shit out of you. Friday, Ice House. Oh, yeah, Friday, Ice House. Friday, Ice House. Tom Rhodes, Joey Diaz, um, me, Brian Redband, um, and maybe we'll even get Brian Callen to drive down after he does his show in Calabasas. Okay, we love you. Right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.